Okay, everybody. Okay, everybody. We're gonna get Patricia here really soon. So we're gonna put her on her theme. Free agent, drive left, parent, G, colon, right, parent, Ah, uh, bed down on the, the computer. There we go. Come on. You never know. You never know. Radio stations there have birthdays like everybody else. And today we are celebrating ours, the 40th anniversary of broadcasting, entertainment, news, sports, and information to the people of the Pacific Coast from San Francisco. It was in 1922 that KNBC, then known as KPL, began program service. Many famous entertainers and many historic events were beamed out over the airways during our 40 years of broadcasting. In 1951, when the NBC radio network was celebrating its 25th anniversary, the then popular comedy team of Fibber McGee and Molly did a special broadcast that eavesdropped on some of the great shows of radio. Since then, Molly Jordan has passed on and Fibber is living in retirement in Encino, California. Twelve years have slipped by since Fibber McGee and Molly's 25th anniversary salute to NBC, and that broadcast is in itself a collector's item. Tonight is one of the highlights of KNBC's 40th anniversary celebration. We will revive that famous broadcast of Fibber McGee and Molly, during which you will hear the voices of Joe Penner, Fred Allen, Ben Burney, W.C. Fields, Edgar Bergen, and Charlie McCarthy, and many, many other favorites from out of the past, starring Fibber McGee and Molly. Our Silver Jubilee, the 25th birthday of the National Broadcasting Company. Like any birthday, the birthday of NBC is a time for reflection and recollection. Were you listening to Ed Wynn at 9.30 on a Tuesday night in 1932? At 7 o'clock on a Wednesday evening in 1929, were you listening to Amos and Andy? Or were you listening to Rudy Valley's Great Variety Show at 8 o'clock on a Thursday evening in 1934? Ah, oh, these were great moments in the history of NBC, and ordinarily it would be impossible to relive them. But we are fortunate in having had with us for the past 20 years a man to whom nothing is impossible. I refer, of course, to the resident of 79 Wistful Vista, Molly's husband, Fibber McGee. As we look in on the McGee's, Fibber is tinkering with his old 1926 super heterodyne radio set. He is, in fact, known as the biggest tinker in radio. Mrs. McGee makes a fairly safe statement. She says... It'll never work, McGee. What do you mean, it'll never work? My gosh, Molly. Let me get this straight again. Huh? You claim that you can fix this radio set so it'll tune in programs that were broadcast 20 years ago? 25 years ago, even. I'm rewiring it so I can tune it to different years instead of different stations, you see? No, I don't. Well, look, Tootsie. According to the McGee theory of radio dianetics, which I'm the guy that thought it up, I claim that when you hear a broadcast once, that ain't necessarily the end of it, you see? It don't just disappear. In other words, old radio programs never die. I know one that dies every Tuesday night. Well, that ain't what I mean. I mean, they're still out there, bouncing around in the air, waiting for somebody to tune them in again. And I'm the guy that can do it. What's our congressman's phone number? Why? Well, if there isn't a law against that, I'll help him write one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you change your mind when I get this baby working, Molly. We will make a few more adjustments here. Get the king bolt tightened up a little bit. I'll be ready to try it and... You want to buy a duck? No, I'm not interested in any poultry, bud. I'm trying to... Hey, who said that? Why, I don't know, McGee. There's nobody here but us. Doggone it, turn off the radio, will you, Molly, while I work on this? 
Radio. Hey, the radio. It's working. You hear it, Molly? It works. Hush, listen. My goodness, it sounds like New Year's Eve, McGee. I wonder where that... Boy, oh boy, I told you I could make it work and... You know, McGee! That, that's Joe Penner. Why, he used to be one listen. of... Listen, Elva. Remember him? Ben Burney? Oh, yes. I used to love him. Smart of time. Everybody wants to get into the act. My God. Tony Wan. <laughs> oh, McGee, that's Jimmy Durante. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Durante. Boy, this is wonderful. Gee whiz, I can tune in any program I want. Hush a minute, hush. Let's listen to this one first. What year now are we listening to? I can't tell yet. The dates are all scrambled up on the dial here, but I can fix that. And my name, darling, is Lula Bankhead. Did you hear that? I got Congress, Senator Bankhead. No, no, that Got is... a deep voice on him, hasn't he? No, McGee, that was... My goodness, this is exciting, McGee. Can you tune in just any program you want to hear? Anything back to 1926. That's when the first big network started. NBC in 1926. Oh? That's when we bought this old superheterodyne, remember? Oh, do I remember. Yeah. You lugged this thing home, strung about 200 feet of aerial around the roof, plugged it in, turned it on, and blew out fuses that we didn't even know we had. Yeah, but remember the first program we ever heard on it? There was a, a band out, out in Kansas City. Oh, yes, the Nighthawks. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Coon Sanders and their Kansas City Nighthawks. Yeah. Wait till I tune this. The year 1920. There. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pat Kelly greeting you from Kansas City, where NBC is presenting the Coon Sanders Nighthawks Orchestra. Oh, that's it, McGee. That's them. Relax and enjoy yourselves now while the Coon Sanders Nighthawks go to work on some of these days. I told you this baby would work, kiddo. <laughs> boy, oh boy, is this ever jazzy. Wonderful. Listen to that break. Terrific. Our pal, our friend, our gal, Saturday. <laughs> Hi, Patricia. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> hello, Walden. How are you? You know what? What? This, by the way, everybody, just for purposes, like one archive, this is Saturday, October the 11th. No, October the 2nd, year uh, 2010. Patricia... I had the same thing to happen to me two nights in a row. I hope it was good. Well, it almost was a disaster. Right, row. I couldn't find my headset. <laughs> After I put you into the board, I said, where's my headset? This is not good. It, what happened to me yesterday with Frank Brzee, it was laying on the floor. Uh -huh. So I had to go pull on a cord until it came to Papa. It uh -huh. came here. Even those with of us without challenges find yes. cords and pull on. That's right. This that time, was very smart. 
Okay, this, number two. This time is over at the computer table, sitting over there. Um, for people who may or may not know the Wong Shu saga, which is always in flux, we are been <laughs> we've been working on com- com- combining my studio and my computer to be hooked together, and we have done that the last couple of days, and now. I basically have my studio and my computer all in one headset, and I have it on a long cord, so I can put it there and not looking for it, it could be gone, you know. So one of the hazards of flexibility. Yes. You can lose your toys. That's right. So that's what happened to me there for a split second. I, well, there's the there's Patricia, there's the music, and where's my headset? <laughs> And where is Walden? <laughs> there used to be puzzles and little jokes, and the joke was, where's Waldo? Now we're going to have to say, where's Walden? That's right. Where did you go? You had a good week. Had a good week. Had a very venturesome week. Um, learning new stuff and, uh, get, you know, taking care of Frank Brzee and all that good stuff. And uh, just trying to catch up and trying to... Make all this stuff work. So, it was a good week for Walden. What about for Patricia? Well, we're going to have a relaxing night tonight, so you can just kind of ooze into the background and, and feel better and relax a little bit. Oh, no. I had a busy week, but it's another, another one of those where I got a little puddle of stuff done here mm-hmm. and a little puddle of stuff done there. Uh, if it, one, one night you're going to ask me, what did you do? And I'm going to say I built the Empire State Building because it needed reconstruction. <laughs> so I'll have something big to tell you. But I did do one thing. What was that? I got a haircut, you which did. is really important because I hate to get my haircut, but I got a haircut. So now I can see the computer. I can read my notes. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have bangs tickling my nose. So I'm in good shape. And bang, bang, bang went the trolley. Okay. And yes, we have a theme for tonight. Let's see. It's October. October oh. the second. Right. A theme. Happy October. My gosh, happy October, everybody. I don't know where the rest of the year went, but here we are in October. We're almost Christmas time. Christmas, and we have a theme tonight. What's the theme? It's Christmas. No, it's not Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to start working on that next week. No, it's not Christmas. The theme Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. No, we're not there yet. Now control yourself. Holidays, they'll be here. Here. Just hang on a little bit longer. We'll get you a calendar you can mark off okay. one day at a time. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think you'd like that. No. Day at a time. No, no, no. You want Boy, Christmas. Well, if I could, ca- let's see, how many shopping what? days until Christmas? We have 29 here. It's 30 in November. I think it's yeah. 30. Okay, mm-hmm. that's 59. And do we count Christmas Eve as a shopping day? I guess so. Yeah, because so there are people like Gildersleeve out there who... Christmas Eve shopping. Only 83 more days. I think I'll excuse myself and go have a heart attack. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. You're going You're going to mark the new year. We get to, to come out and play on New Year's. Yeah. And you're going to mark the new year by the number of days we have left until Christmas. That's true. I know it. I know it. But, I just know it. You've done it before. But we're always, 714-545-2071. Call to say hi. I'll do my routine in a minute. But I, have, I have a trivia question for everybody. 
say that again? I have a trivia question for everybody. You do, you have one? Yeah. How oh, you're crossing into my territory. I know. What? I know. If you count today, what happened 57 days from today? 57 days. Uh huh. Well, now I have to count. I know. Well, anyway, we'll read that out for the honor. What happened? If you count today, 57 more days, where will, where will we be? If you count today. Yeah. Well, I'll do that later. All right. I, I can't now, count today. Well, in other words, we got two, you know, got 29 plus 28. That should be 57. So, yeah. You don't have to count today. Just count 57 days beyond today. Oh, good grief. He's at it again, everybody. We're doomed for tonight. Let's see what our theme is for tonight. Well, that was our theme. That was our theme? No. No. What? I don't know. I'm getting so... If this is hot, I'm going to go turn oh, on the... I'm confused here. I'm going to go turn the on the... The theme is amusement parks, carnivals, street fairs, and parades. Isn't that great? Uh-huh. Do you remember your first time on a roller coaster? Do you remember a merry-go-round? Do you remember carnival wheels? Um, were there street fairs? I, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to a street fair, but Fibber and Molly had a street fair in one of their shows. Everybody had parades, maybe we, and we still have parades. I yeah, parade. what did you do during parades? Did you decorate for... Um, Memorial Day that used to be called Decoration Day. Give us a call and let us know. Amusement parks, carnivals, street fairs, and parades. What did you do? What did you see? What do you remember? And maybe what people told you about. 714-545-2071. We got lots of stuff tonight. 714 2071. What stuff do you got? Oh, we've got stuff. We have our trivia questions. Every correct answer to a trivia question earns a CD. Well, not everyone. I mean, if you call in and answer three at a time, you only get one CD. But a caller who calls in for, um, for trivia and you answer the questions correctly, you get a CD. First time callers, if you've never called us, please pick up the phone and just say hi. If you just call and say hi, you automatically get a CD. No questions asked. You go home with a CD with your favorite shows on them. And if I don't have the shows, by golly, if they're out there, I'll find them. I've got some caves I visit periodically. Um, so that's first-time callers. And then, of course, you're also qualified for um, a CD, to win a CD if you answer a question. And we have our drum roll, please. Good job. We have our Stump Walden question for this week. And I think I did a reasonably good job, except he always does a better job. <laughs> so I, I don't have too many high hopes for this because he's got an awful lot in his encyclopedic brain. High hope. He got high hope. Yep. Yeah, I, I have high hopes. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. So all this great stuff. Leonard... Ellenberg, bless his heart. Leonard is one of our family members who lives in the Dallas area. Um, sent to me a magazine that he gets called Good Old Days. Goodolddaysmagazine.com is, I just saw that they've got that good for them on the front cover. And it has some really nifty articles about um, 
what people remember. They send in pictures, um, things from their past and their family's past. And here in the middle of the magazine is a very large article about Jimmy Weldon. Jimmy Weldon has been with us a couple of times, uh, been with the station a couple of times. He's been with Walden several times. He's been with Walden and me. He's been with Bill Bragg during the week. Um, Jimmy is our wonderful person who has Webster Webfoot, the little duck. And uh, Jimmy is featured in this article, so it was kind of fun to see that. And they have uh, an article on Victory Gardens as well. So... um, it's kind of a neat magazine. I'm going to enjoy going through the rest of it. Thank you, Leonard. Uh, and fun, fun, fun that Jimmy is in there. Amen. So that's number one. And we have other stuff, too. Ah. Uh, uh, hmm. Let me hmm. Uh-huh. I have an idea. What do you have an idea about? Uh, you just talk for a second. Okay, I'll talk for a second. I'm very good at that. So let me toss out some trivia questions for tonight, and these are starters, and I've got loads more if you don't like these. Um, This one has been out, uh, this one went out last week, and we didn't get an answer on it. Which show featured a character named Digger Odell? Digger Odell was the name of the character. Which show did he belong to? Finally, somebody put me out of my misery. Brian Haygood called late last week. If you missed the call, Brian answered who District Attorney Markham belonged to, and it is Philo Vance. The detective show Philo Vance, <clears throat> excuse me, had District. I don't see. Oh, well, it didn't work. It didn't work. What were you going to do to me? I called Jimmy. He's out. Oh, no. He's out, he's out running around with Webster. Oh, dear. Well, maybe later you could find him uh-huh. trying. That. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so sweet. And yeah. I could tell him about the article. Yeah. He must know about it. <laughs> you never know. Although, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once in a while, people do write articles that um, have uh, the, the people the articles are about don't have a clue <laughs> that they've been put together. But... Um, Anyway, well, I'm asking Jimmy, Jimmy's probably speaking somewhere. We can call him in three hours from now, and he can take over the show for us. There's no doubt about that. You say, that's all you need to do to, with Jimmy is to say, hi, Jimmy, how's stuff? And you can you can go make a snack and just uh, bring your phone with you and keep listening. That's true. That's true. My, my goodness, he is wonderful. Oh, he's not who we could pull something like that off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I still need to know who... Uh, which show featured the character Digger O'Dell? Brian Haygood took me out of my misery. This is the last time I will have to say this because I can't say it. It's District Attorney Markham. And Brian knew that the, the detective show Philo Vance. Mm-hmm. Philo Vance was the detective, and District Attorney Markham always called him for help because the district attorney couldn't solve a crime and why he was out there crime-solving instead of the police department is beyond me. But anything is possible in radio. So, Brian, thank you so much for taking me out of my misery. I can cross that one off the list. This is another one that has been out there forever. In the sidekick department, sidekick meaning who was one character associated with. This is not the main character. You're going to give me the name of the main character. And I want to know who was associated with Buckshot and Joker. 
You know what? I don't know. I know you know that answer, Walton. I don't. But it's because it's backwards. You know? I mean, if, if you, you mean you, 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 you did something to fool me? I did something to fool everybody, and it's working. Because <laughs> nobody has called in with Buckshot and Joker. Please, somebody call in with Buckshot and Joker, and I do have a couple of new trivia questions for tonight. But let's start with these, 714-545-2071. And if you don't like those questions, I'll give you other ones. Walden, did you ever go to a carnival? Did you ever go to a parade? Did you ever go to an amusement park? <clears throat> Silly girl. <laughs> You're borrowing my favorite <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Silly Walden. <laughs> okay, go. Oh, well, you know, living here in Southern California, um, I probably have averaged going to Disneyland since I've been on the face of the earth probably at least twice a year. And that doesn't count the other movement park. And then, of course, the fair is three blocks from my house. Really? Oh, tell me about the fair. The I fair. love fairs. It's the, uh, it's the county fair, only county fair, which is like the uh, third or fourth biggest one in the whole country. Really? Yeah, so they had 1.15 million people show up this year. That's a lot of bodies. That's a lot of bodies. And, and then, of course, with my lion club... We, we hold an annual fish fry, so we have carnival games and things like that, and we put we have done that in the streets, plus Lion Park, and then uh, I love a parade, so I, Huntington has a, Huntington Beach, which is about 20 minutes, has an annual 4th of July parade, which I've been there a couple of times, and the uh -huh. Rose Bowl parade, which I've been <laughs> twice, and, you know, anyway, you were asking about the Orange County Fair, it's a, uh, it's a great fair. It's, uh, you know, we the animals, the animals love to see the people. Remember, if I, I think I think you're linked to see the uh, the cam of oh, the piggies. Oh, yeah, with the piggies? The piggy cams. Yeah. So that's our, that's our fair. And uh, it was interesting. We have a piglet racing contest. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. <laughs> And so the guy who raised pigs, he raised pigs to race them around the track. Did he bet on them? Like no, he, he, huh? it's part of his it's part of his routine, it's part of his act that he had uh, pigs come out and they have competitions and he he makes a nice nice little routine out of them. So okay, so he, it's not like for a charitable no. event you you bet on which little piglet is going to yeah, which little piglet went to market. We 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 all the way home. Yeah. So anyway, he bought all those little piglets uh -huh. after the fair. Anyway. Um, so, it's a big deal. So, I guess I, I have qualified in your category a couple of times. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Many, 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 many times. I love roller coaster. People will refuse to go with me on the Ferris wheel. They refuse to go with you on the Ferris wheel? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Of my uh, me doing that, you know, it's helping you don't have to see. You you must get those things rocking and rolling pretty well. Oh, it, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But um, but no, I, 
I mean, if, as far as you're concerned, you could be sitting on the ground. You don't know where you are in that circle. Well, I just know I'm up in the air somewhere. You can tell by the fingers gripping your arm and the shrieking <laughs> next to you that you're probably up pretty high. My mom won't. My mom has to has to have me give a promise before uh, we go on another Ferris wheel. But there's now Ferris wheel that you really can't rock. They're pretty much bolted into the system. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's half the fun. I know, but that's not. No, I sit here and I fuss and fume. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But really, if you like roller coasters, you've got to rock on a Ferris wheel. Yeah, but anyway, those are, they, they do those types of Ferris wheel now at Disneyland. That they're pretty much all bolted in. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I, love, I, love, uh, I love roller coasters. I love all that stuff. Um, That's where is the best roller coaster, and this is for anybody. Please call in seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Probably where Mag is the best roller coaster you've ever been on. Probably Magic Mountain. They have some of the roller coasters are made out of wood. <laughs> so the those real are clunkety funky. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Magic Mountain around here generally got the roller coaster parts, but. Sentimentally, I'm, I'm a Space Mountain person from Disneyland. I like Space Mountain, so, so the, you know, but that's me. I'm just a little kid at heart, as everybody knows. I know it. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Somebody has to tell us about a street fair or a parade. Tell us about parades when you were kids. 714-545-2071. I'll tell you about well, mm -hmm. I'll tell you about how they do the Rose Bowl parade. Yeah, Most people do see how it do on TV. Um, it's interesting. We, I've gone twice, and uh, I live in Orange County, which is over an hour away. But you get there pretty quickly because you go ahead and take a rented bus and have seats. And generally. What you see on the, you know, what you see on the camera or on TV is, you know, running efficiently and everything like that. Well, I've been there when actually the float breaks down, and because it's so long, you don't really notice that on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, but the bands, these high school bands are incredible, where they can get up and entertain the audience while they're waiting for the float to get back going, and so they know their different songs and they they can just play. For the audience. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. It Pret sounds wonderful. It is. Now, it, I have a question for you. This uh -huh. is the dumbest question in the whole world because I've never been to anything close to a rose parade. And one of the reasons I have read this, and of course, you know, just because I read it doesn't mean it's true, but I have read that, when is the rose, um, rose parade, by the way? New Year's Day. New Year's Day. So if you come, I'll go with you. Okay. <laughs> That's very comforting. You're not going to take me on a Ferris wheel, right? I'll there are, with, there I, are no I, Ferris wheels. No, not the road play, but I'll go with you on a Ferris wheel. I promise not to rock. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll have to think about that for a while. Um, it, in the, what I have read is that the shortage of roses at Valentine's Day is in part because of the rose bowl. Uh, and the parade, the rose parade. People buy up roses, and they use the roses in the petals, and, you know, it is the rose parade. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Valentine's Day roses are so pricey. 
Well, you know what? I lived here for 44 years. I've never heard that before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever have. <laughs> okay. Um, in which case, I will go back out and say, well, you know, it made sense to me. Uh-huh. Because you're only a few weeks between. And it takes a while for roses to mature. And these are big rose petals. And the big, I mean, they're not the little teeny-weeny teeth roses that they're talking about but my silly question is when these floats go by Mm -hmm. can you actually smell the scent of roses no uh because you're too far away um so you you can't do that also what they do after after the parade they park Uh them at the road at the parade park and for the next several days, you can get out and go look at them more closely. Uh-huh. And that's a pretty nice feature before they all disappear and put back in the storage units. But no, I, I, I got a great smeller. I can't I smell. know. You, you're, um, yeah. you're in pretty good shape on that. You can, uh, Walden has a thing about fish. Do not ever cook fish within uh-huh. seven miles of him uh-huh. because he will tell you what you're having for dinner that's and true. it's not him. Patricia, for example, our lion club in this area, we put together a, a float uh-huh. for the rose, and it cost about 80 grand. Oh, wow. What cost so much? I think it's the, the actual, biggest price? I think it's the biggest the, um, I think, eye ticket item. I think it's probably, too, the design and probably the actual, mechan- you know, de- putting together the, the mold and shape on, on the vehicle. Now, when you guess. say the design, mm-hmm. do you pay professional designers to come in and yep. create? There's a couple of companies that already do year-round it design floats for the Rose Bowl Parade. Wow, it's, I did not know that. Yeah, it's a big... I thought this was still like, oh, silly me, yeah. you know, <laughs> hometown stuff, where people got together and said, okay, well, I've got an idea for the parade float this year. This is big time stuff. Well, actually, there's a big, there's a big hullabaloo this week about the Rose Parade. Some people are not very happy with the Rose Bowl Parade. Why? We have a corporate sponsor now for the Rose Bowl Parade. Oh, this is not good. This is not good for people in Pasadena are a little <clears throat> traditional. Yeah. You know, uh, having. Uh, having a sponsor's name attached to the parade is not sitting very well with the uh, citizens of Pasadena. Well, how well, how is it supported? How is it paid for in previous years without a sponsor? Well, okay, the, uh, the the Rose Bowl game does so well. The actual football game is uh-huh. put on by the uh, city commerce or whatever, that by the Rose Bowl city, I guess, Pasadena. They make so much money off the game that they never had a bar with a sponsor. Wow. That is that is a pretty pricey affair. Mm-hmm. That's an extravaganza. Yep. Yep. And so I imagine they make money off the entry fee for mm-hmm. all the float come in. I imagine they make money off the uh, programs. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not hurting. But, uh, but ha- still, I mean, that's ha- a major investment behind for the enjoyment an awful lot of people. But Honda came and asked to be a sponsor, so they it's still going to be called the Rose Bowl Parade, sponsored by Honda. 
so it'll be like a, a professional football game. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, I'll have to ponder that for a little bit. Maybe our listeners have an opinion on that as well. But in the meantime, gosh, you know, I thought everybody would be talking about amusement parks and, and the kinds of rides, and did you eat cotton candy, and what else can you get? Have a- you ever been to a, 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 a amusement park? Uh-huh, I have. And awesome. um, Boy, it was, it was good. Oh, it was right. good. Um, you know, the fairway and... The uh, booths along the way, um, and actually, if I went to a fair, the county fair, and I'm, it might have even been the state fair, but I'll, I'll say it's a county fair. Mm-hmm. My sister lives in Alabama, and they have a fair every year, and one year I was up there in time for the fair, and oh my goodness, did we have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. We visited booths where you had to throw stuff and be accurate, and um, they were giving out everybody who, who needed a consolation prize because you only got one of something. <laughs> Not this. Um, it, it was like a little alligator clip with uh, a strip on it with feathers attached. Now, I have no idea what you're supposed to do with feathers on the end of a clip, but we sure had a good time. We put feathers in our hair. We, <laughs> we, we did have a good time. They didn't have the steer the, or the, the uh, 4-H competitors there. Right. That had already been taken care of by okay. the time I got there, but they did have... All of the country displays, uh, the quilting and embroidery and pickles and all of the really great hometown stuff that is supposed to be part of a fair was there. And I just had such a wonderful time wandering the aisles and looking at all of these good things. That's so that's, big, that's my fair. That's a big thing here. A lot of people like to intru- uh, put an entry for and get judged and so you'll see a lot of homemade items and things in different displays. It's, it's cool. Who eats this stuff? Yes. I, and, and I don't, I, gee, that sounded pejorative. I didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Who, it, it takes a little bit of bravery to eat other people's homemade stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I would volunteer to do that, but somebody has to taste the foods that are brought in for competition, like Molly's Pickles a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. Maybe the Pickle Association of America does it. <laughs> well, there's more than pickles there. <laughs> would you be a judge and eat home-cooked foods, and especially if you didn't know where it came from? Yeah, well, if it met my categories. You would? I think so. Well, I mean, Anything other I've, than fish. I've eaten a lot of uh, uh, potlucks and, you know, like short potlucks and things like that, so you're gambling there. I know, but I mean, who who would be bad in a church? <laughs> you don't poison people at a church picnic. I, I guess so. I never thought. I never think about it. It's unfortunately, it's it's that kind of a problem in the world today. Yeah, really hard. It's, well, it's hard for me to get my arms around this. That well, we would even be talking about: is it safe to taste food at? A country fair. Well, just I guess you think about. It. I remember the uh, whole problem we had, poor Johnson and Johnson had with the. Uh, oh, with the Tylenol. Yeah, yeah. yeah Who ever thought somebody would do that? I know, I know, and it's um, 
Well, anyway, that's not a happy subject. No. We do need we do need some answers. Buckshot and Joker. Somebody knows who Buckshot and Joker belong to. Somebody out there does. And which show featured a character named Digger Odell? I know. You want your question? Do, 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 or you do, want to wait do, for a little bit? Do, do. No, I want my question. I want my question. But somebody can give us a call at 714-545-2071. And give us some ideas. Things you might like to see us work on the next, the next year or so. Patricia and I were, the, were talking about uh, stuff, you know, for future shows. <laughs> stuff. And, uh, um, you know, well, I've been working on other projects, so now I uh, have some of that stuff under control. I'll be back planning hot and heavy future guests and things like that. So I'm looking uh-huh. for ideas. I'm looking for ideas. And let us know. All right, Patricia, what's my question for People, this? places, and things. Yes. And We'll talk about next week's Mm -hmm. person in just a minute. Okay, Walden's question. I was listening to a couple of episodes of Witch's Tale this week. Mm -hmm. I found them for Lucy in New York, and Lucy, I'm sending them to you. They are probably in the worst category. Mm -hmm. They were terrible. If you've got really great, okay, this is good, that's not so good, that's not, this is terrible. Right there in. So Walden just got rescued because I'm going to ask you a witch's tale question. Oh, that's not my strength, but at least you know the right question I can answer. Hello there, you're on with Patricia. Well, I got in on the wrong end of this. this You, time. you well, did? You are up early. How you doing? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely what? <laughs> going since 4 o'clock this morning. And I just got home. You had a long day. Yep, you better believe it. Uh-huh. I love Digger Odell. <laughs> oh, you know Digger Odell. Absolutely. And he belongs to? I don't particularly care for the show he's on, but um, he's, a, he's the best character on there. But he's on the life of Riley. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Thank you. I just, I'm not as crazy about the show as I am about Digger either. He is a wonderful character. What's? Do you remember any of the lines that he has used? As, as tired as I am right now, it would be hard to think, but he sure had some doozies. And, um, he had some doozies. Uh, he would He would box up gifts and... Uh, oh, it was just a wonderful character. He was also, that was John Brown who played Digger Odell yeah. on The Life of Riley. He also played the next-door neighbor, Gillis, the one who worked with uh, Chester A. Riley in the, um, air, was it the airplane plant? Yep. Is that what, what the, uh, it was. Name me somebody other than I realize he played Gillis, but since you've mentioned it, he does. How, but he, he also played... Um, my friend Irma's boyfriend. That's right. He played Al. And he, he sounded like Gillis when he played Yeah, he did oh, on that. Yeah. Um, him and Gillis sounded a lot alike. Well, who, uh-huh. What other shows? Uh, there's some other shows he was the lead or a main support. I cannot think at the moment, but I think you're right about that. Yeah. I cannot figure out what it was. 
My, my brain shut down, too, and I know we're both going to say, oh, yeah. Okay. Did, have you ever heard um, the Damon Runyon Theater? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Brought, uh, uh, John Brown with Broadway. He's the narrator. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You are right. He was also next. That. He was also on I Can Hear It. He was the next door neighbor, Thorny. Uh, for I and Harriet. Did not know that. And he was also on a date with Judy. He was uh, Judy's father. So uh, John Brown did a lot, a lot oh, of yeah. radio. Yeah. And he was incredible with the number of unique characters he could play. There was not a say like with Gillis and Digger Odell, unless you knew it was John Brown, you wouldn't realize it was the same performer doing both roles. That voice Digger had, um, it was nothing like anything else he ever did, <laughs> other characters that I ever noticed. And uh, it, it, it was just, I mean, there's no other character like him. Now, uh, in case that, people don't recognize who we're talking about, Digger Odell was the funeral director in the Life of Riley comedy series. And Digger was a very kindly person, but he had... Uh, uh, a was serious the last, hmm? He was the last person to let you down. No, he would not let you down, and he was wise. He always had something wise to tell Riley to help him get out of his... Uh, Hello, Riley. I think he yes, missed, the, I mean, missed the, the, what, what, what he said meant. He didn't say he would never let you down. He said he was the last person to let you down. Hey, that's right. The last person. I'm so sorry. That went sailing right over my head. He absolutely did. He would be the last person to drop into the ground. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Or I'm, I, I had to be shoveling off. That's it. That was always good, too. Yeah. Uh, so he, he was really a wonderful character. Um, Walden, do you know who developed the character of Digger Odell? My guess. Uh, it'd be Irving Brecher, who just passed away last year. He was the producer, creator of the series. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, if you go and look up Dunning, there were two separate distinct runs of Life of Riley. The mm-hmm. first one, we don't have any copies of, and we don't know, we, it had the title, and we don't know much about it. And then a couple of years later, they come up in 44 with the one with Wayne Bendix. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that uh, Irving Brecher put together. So my guess would be him. I have to believe, uh, if I'm going to start digging around looking for information about John Brown, because I have to believe that there was a character written in, but John Brown created it. There was a, a, indeed, in the scripts for The Life of Riley, there was a funeral director, and John Brown auditioned for it, and he just brought Digger Odell as a personality to that role. I can't imagine anyone even thinking about doing that role. Well, what I really want to know is, I remember the radio shows a lot more than I do the television show, but I do remember it, and of course, William Bendix was, was a Riley on the TV show, too. But for the life of me, I just cannot remember if Digger was on the TV show. Well, <laughs> you just keep talking for one minute and let me hop out here. Internet is wonderful stuff. Digger, Riley, TV. Well, let's see. You realize that Digger was Riley's name for him. His, 
actual name on there was supposed to be Digby Odell. Digby Odell, yes, 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 I remember that. I always called him Digger. Well, that makes sense to me. Let's see here, it looks like Digger Odell, the friendly undertaker, that was radio, TV. I'm back. Yeah. I, um, I kicked out my headset, so I didn't hear the conversation when you got... <laughs> Losing um, Walden tonight, John Brown in the TV episodes. Let's see. John Brown played Digby Digger Odell, the friendly undertaker, in the Jackie Gleason TV episodes of The Life of Riley. Jackie Gleason had it before William Bendix did. Isn't that interesting? I heard a few with Jackie Gleason. I didn't think they were as good, but I did hear some of them. But, of course, like I said before, I wasn't really crazy about Riley anyway. Mm -hmm. Well... Digger, Digger bailed out the show. You didn't have to like Riley because you tuned in just for Digger. Well, I did, oh. yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I know. I, you know, it's one of the shows that I rarely listen to, but when I do, I can't wait for Digger to show up. <laughs> Cannot wait. Well, I have an envelope all made out for you, sir. Okay. It's got Amos and Andy in it. All right. So, so now I can add something. Um, to your envelope, and uh, from last week, I have, or the week before, you also thought you might like to have Have Gun Will Travel. Is that correct? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Now, don't get I, I really hadn't thought about it. I didn't realize I said that, but uh, <laughs> we're good. Don't get so excited and, and you know, just get a group. I'm as excited as I ever get. <laughs> what else would you like? Um. I really hadn't thought about it. I really hadn't. Do um, you have a category? I got loads of categories. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you do, but right off, I don't know. Some Johnny Dollar would be good if you got any of those that are. Oh, I've got loads of Johnny Dollar. You got any of the complete stories, whether they're the 30 or the 15, all the whole things there. I have 30-minute uh, shows, and I have shows that some really wonderful soul put together from the five 15-minute episodes that occurred during the week. And they married all of these five episodes, took out the, the really um, the repetitive stuff in between, and made it a, a, just a single show across the board. So, Sounds sure, right. I have a whole bunch of, um, I'll call them real shows. <laughs> and I, I have Jock um, Bailey, Bob Bailey's, performances separated from the rest oh, no, of I, I much prefer Bob Bailey over any of them plating. You would like the Bob Bailey's? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's why I mentioned it. Okay, then you will get Bob Bailey complete shows, and uh, I think you'll enjoy them. They're pretty good quality. Uh, I saved the ones that are decent quality. I, I really went through and culled the ones that were not so great. So most of the sound quality is really good. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I'm sure I will. Um, I well, need to be honest, but I know somebody else mm -hmm. will want in. But um, I did want to ask Walden, you made some comment last week or week before about some means of transferring data over the Internet that was not email that was in much larger packets of data or something. Uh-huh. Could you tell me what the heck you were talking about? Sure. Um, Dropbox is a blind-friendly way 
we can change uh, files, large files, without uh, using email attachments. So it's like an FTP? Uh-huh. Okay. That's how it works. You go to dropbox.com, you sign up, and then you send an email to your friend that you want to share a file. So this little box is put on your computer and put on his computer, and then you can put files, drop, drag and drop files, and just put them in the box. And so your friend can pick up your shows that way. So these these shows, and it doesn't make any, you're not restricted to the 10 megabytes that nope. you are in an email. You Correct. upload the shows to the internet, and then I can go to the site and download them. Right. So and, and, and actually, it's on your own computer. It's actually, you just go to your desktop. Uh, my I have mine over at my document, and so I go over there to my document, uh, click it, and there they are. Mm-hmm. So I have one from uh, the Gasman, different ones, and this is once I'm in a major learning curve, learning all software. Once I'm figuring I'm done, then I can set up stuff with Patricia and whatever she needs during the week. I can just send it over to her. Okay, but now is this as Part of an email? No. Or is it totally a separate thing happening? It's separate. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you copy and paste into it, or you, have you got to drag and drop? You, you can co you can copy and paste. That's good because I don't know how to drag and drop. Uh -huh. What you, it is, you, I just don't have to do it with y'all. Right. It's just you can just go ahead and take Control X. Move the file in there and hit Control V and drop it and put it in there and you 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 paste it in and that's all you that's what you can do. And what's the address uh, to non program? Uh, the website is dropbox.com. So www.dropbox.com. Okay. I can't remember that long enough to get it wrote down somewhere. Well, if not, I'll have Pat right. I'll have Patricia send you an email with the. Uh, What's the website? That way, when you wake up, when you're halfway, you refresh. Well, I just wait. Let me see if I can do it. If I can, I'll ask you again. Sounds great. I'm his secretary. I'll send it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, uh, you know, take dictation, Patricia. I'll send it to you. I just haven't been anywhere to find it, and I'm going to send both of you some of it when I do. Yeah. Um, Harwood is out shopping for whorehound candy. For me, I'm just, I mean, even the name makes my nose wrinkle. You don't sniff it. I put a note in with your Amos and Andy CD, I believe that's, oh, maybe I sent it to you um, in an email. I don't know who gets to name all of these things. I mean, which person in the world came up with the name Whorehound for an herb? I don't know, but as old as it seems to be, whoever did it was a long time ago. Cruel. <laughs> it was just cruel. It probably served to keep kids out of the medicine cabinet. Well, that's a possibility, too. Like I said before, some people think it's great. I just wasn't one up. I thought it was great. Fibber thought it was great. He stuck his hand in the candy jar and got fired because he was stealing the whorehound candy from the jar. So, well, this is going to be an interesting experience. All right. Well, if I am awake in time in the morning and <laughs> the answer is anything worthwhile, I'll call back. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope you get some sleep tonight, and if you don't, do call us back. This is good. All righty.
I will mark you down and take Digger O'Dell off the list. Thanks, Harwood. Hi, Harwood. Have a great night. Boy, that's a surprise to have him call so early in the show. 714-545. He's part of the breakfast gang, everybody. If you, if you haven't turned at 3 in the morning, that's the only hard way to get up and gives us a call. Yeah, you know, during that time in the morning. So he jumped the gun and got in first. So 714-545-2071. You know Walden and Patricia are having a good time when you... Get up in the morning, make the coffee, turn on your computer, and we're still talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Too bad we don't have anything to say, but we do talk. <laughs> Walden never runs out of things to say. <laughs> Not true. Okay, uh, Buckshot and Joker. Somebody has to know. Buckshot and Joker. Buckshot and Joker. And you, you said you don't know Buckshot and Joker. Nope, I don't. My goodness. Okay, I'm going to have to give that one away pretty soon. I know Joker from the, from the TV show, but I don't know him from the radio. Oh, Joker from, from, um... Batman. Batman, yeah. Yeah. That was good. Okay, well, let me see. I got other trivia here. Let me see what I can come up with here. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, we got somebody rescuing Walden again. I don't know. I don't know. Hello there. I could not resist, and I don't want anything for it. I forgot about Buckshot and Joker when I called. Uh-huh. All right. Um, what I recall is were two horses' names for Wild Bill Hickok and Jingles. That's exactly... Oh, my goodness gracious. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. You took me out of my misery. Thank you. I've been asking about that one forever. Wow. Well, that's the first time I heard it. You just asked me. Well... <laughs> <laughs> a better job next time. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I need to um, to say these out loud a little bit more often if you didn't hear it. Oh, this is great. Thank you, thank you. Do you recognize it uh, now, Walden? Nope. <gasps> You're kidding. Nope. I should have asked you this and it would have stuck you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, I really thought... Um, uh, which one uh, Which one belonged to Wild Bill Hickok? Was it Buckshot uh, or Joker? Well, uh, Buckshot was Wild Bill Hickok's horse. And Joker was... Jingles. Andy Devines. Yeah. Jingles. That's right. You did good. <clears throat> well, this time. <laughs> it did good. I hope you get some sleep tonight, sir. You too. See you later. Hi, Howard. Hey, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714 So now I have to... Patricia, if any other questions? No, I've never run out of questions. No. Um, let's see here. We've got, here's a really interesting one. It's a big band question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got a big band question? That's a big band question, yeah. Okay. This is good. It's a big band question. All right. What was the name of Kay Kaiser's music quiz show? I know. I know. Oh, you know? Kay Kaiser's music quiz show. And even if you don't know he had a quiz show, you should be able to come up with an answer that fits. Kay Kaiser. Let me give a second question on yeah. uh, that one. During the war, 
after Harry Babbitt went to the service, who was the main singer, mm-hmm. who was the uh, who was the singer on the show, on 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 the show and with the band. Kent, a major major TV host of the 1960s and 70s. Now, who's who? Who was where? What are we asking about? Kay Kaiser, the band. Okay. I want to know who was the boy singer. Okay. For Kay Kaiser after Harry Babbitt. Okay, you can do that. And what the hint, he became a major TV personality, talk show personality of the 60s and 70s into the early 80s. And he was a singer? Yeah. How interesting. Yep. So that means if somebody calls in with your answer and my answer, that's two CDs worth. Boy, this is a Oh, man. Somebody ought to know. Well, somebody's got to know. Somebody got to know. And we do even have other ones over here. Let's see. Um, a true-false question. True-false. It's we false. Had... It's false. <laughs> you only had 50-50 chance, so, you know, you, you, once in a while, I'll give you a 50-50 chance, and, and you blow it. Most of the time, if you give me a 50-50 chance, I blow it. So I don't even bother to answer them anymore. I, I should, though. I should pick. And then tell you the opposite, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Then you'll always be right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there was a radio show called Candid Microphone. I know that answer. Good. Okay. Does anybody else? I didn't ask the question. (laughs) That was a statement, not a question. (laughs) Sounded like a question to me. Uh, I said... There was a radio show called Candid Microphone, period. Or as Victor Borga would say, (laughs) (laughs) right? He would say, that was a period. Okay, Candid Microphone. How was it related to Candid Camera on television? Good. Not a good question? I, I like it. I, I was thinking of uh, there's still some people alive from the, put together that show we could t- interview someday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, how interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. <clears throat> okay. We've got big band question. What was Kay Kaiser's music quiz show? Right. And, the- and what instrument did he play? <laughs> Walden is making a career out of this question. You've got to, we need an even number. So we've got three questions out there now. You've got, you want the lead singer. I want to know what the name of the quiz show was, Kay Kaiser's quiz show, and it had to do with music. So that should be. And what did he wear on the show? That's the fourth one. That's good. Yeah. Even I know that one. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it relates to the name of the show, too. That's true. Yeah, so that's a good question. And then we'll give one that just won't make people break their brains. In the sidekick department, who was Doc Adams associated with? Or did somebody answer that question? Yep, they already did. They already did. So Mm -hmm. I I need to make that one a red deal. Okay, red questions are ones that are already answered. Green questions, (laughs) I've I've got everything color-coded here. Okay, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Okay. 
That's a very hard one. We'll, we'll do this one. We want to know, this is a, a secondary character. I need to know who the main characters or the, the name of the show. Mabel Toops appeared in what show? Mabel Toops, that's a name you should recognize. And Mabel Toops is associated with what show or what characters, the main characters in the show? That's a good question. 714-545-2071. If you don't know that one... We have loads of others. That's when, true, but... Walden, when but, I say that's a good question and Walden doesn't answer, it's not a very good question. <laughs> so I will have to come up with a couple of others. Um, let's see. Who was Nora Charles? Nora Charles. She was a character... Mm -hmm. Who was she a character with? That's right. a good question. Right. Okay, we've got, oh gosh, look at all these great questions we've got tonight. Okay, now we have to give Walden his question. Are you ready? Yep. I'm Nobody's ready. out there rescuing you tonight. Mm -mm. Walden's question. I was listening to The Witch's Tale. Lucy... You're going to get it, but don't even bother unless you want to have a good laugh. It's a 30-minute show with 15 minutes of content to begin with. So, Okay, so the witch who introduces, and I don't know her name either, the witch who introduces the story has a cat. Right. You know that name? I think I do. You know the name. Okay, what's the name of the cat? Uh, it wasn't Aesop. It wasn't Aesop. No. Um, Count, you can't. <laughs> well, it's Nancy with the witch, and Nancy Saint, with the witch. Yeah, Nancy with the witch. Satan with the cat. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. I just did not think you were going to get that one. Well, the one I thought you were going to ask me is it's the famous one. Who played it? I don't know. Sybil, she was terrible. It was Sybil Trent. She was 15 years old. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And what most people... She did sound like an older woman. I know. But most people know her as being one of the two lead singers on the Cream of Wheat commercial for Let's Pretend. Gwen Davies, who I had on the show, and Sybil Trent were the two girls that always sing Cream of Wheat is so good to eat and we have it every day. It makes us strong and we like to shout hooray. Now, how could I possibly have thought... You would not remember the name Satan for that cat. I don't know. It just rolled out. I was, I, I, when I first saw the title of Witch's Tale, mm -hmm. I knew the show and I had heard it a couple of times. These kinds of shows are not my favorite, so right. I was pretty impressed that I, I at first thought. I think I've only have heard one. Really? Yep. Did you read anything about the show? Oh, sure. And Danny's book. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I looked at the title and I said, oh, oh, I know which show that is. And it's, it's got a cat in it. And the cat's name is Scrunch Scrunch. And I said, ah, oh, Satan. And I thought, no, they wouldn't have a name Satan. Maybe Lucifer. So I, <laughs> I was vacillating between Satan and Lucifer. Yeah. And I came back and said, okay, it's Satan. And I was right, too. So I gave you a question that I knew the answer, and that's fair. Well, you know what? You knew the answer, too. <laughs> but... <laughs> As the show that Martin and I talked about in our, month, in our off the air monthly spot this past Thursday, too. Are you serious? Uh huh. Gosh darn it, I've done that a couple of times, haven't I? I know. Well, 
two. I thought this one was obscure enough that I was going to. Uh, and was going to come out okay. Oh, uh, you did really good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're proud of me for what? I didn't stump you. That's okay. I'm proud of you for being here. Oh, thank you, Walden. Yeah. I've got a whole bunch of stuff, more stuff. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. Don't like any of our stuff on the table. Create a new stuff, a new topic. You can say hi. Talk about the weather. The weather's really been crazy around the country. Love to hear what's going on with you. So you can give us a call at 714-545-2071. And, uh, uh, you know, we got stuff. We've There's got... no doubt in the world what my favorite word is now. <laughs> We've got half the world saying the word stuff. Oh, yeah. So I want to know about amusement parks and carnivals, all these fun places you went as a kid or as an adult. Uh, we've got grown-up stuff going on out there as well. What kind of rides did you enjoy when you were in an amusement park? Did you go on the roller coaster? Did you do merry-go-round? Did you do spin around anything? Uh, Ferris wheel. Walden is a terror on the Ferris wheel. Don't go with Walden on a Ferris wheel. Street fairs. Did you have a street fair? I don't think I've ever been to a street fair. I know I haven't been to a street fair. So I need to hear about street fairs and parades. What did you do on Memorial Day? What did you do on Fourth of July? What other days do we have parades? Um. Well, the holidays, uh, the Santa Claus. Wayne Parade here in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And uh, the Macy's. The Macy's. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, of course, that's on, that's on Thanksgiving, and, right? Right. And then the different parades affiliated with some of the football games. Uh, there used to be one in your neck of the woods, Miami, used to have one for the Orange Bowl football game. Do we still have one? No. They have oh. stopped that. Um, they even stopped the big, you know, the Orange Bowl is known for the big halftime show, and they even stopped doing that. Really? Yeah. No halftime show? No halftime show. Now, our friend, and that's another guest we might want to get on, uh, my friend Milton DeLug. Oh, gosh. Uh, he was so wonderful when he talked with Bill. Right. What a great guy. A great guy, and that's his responsibility. For many years, he put on the Macy Thanksgiving Parade and the Orange Bowl Parade and Halftime Show, but they, the Orange Bowl have done away with that. When? How long ago did they do that? Oh, I remember growing up watching it as a kid. I think it's been within the last eight years or so. I think this is a mortal sin. Mm-hmm. How could they do that? I don't know. But, it's, you know. Do you know why they did? Was it a cost? I don't, I never heard, but my guess would be a cost factor. Well, gosh, I can't imagine a football game of that magnitude mm-hmm. not having a half show. Mm-hmm. Half Halftime show. Right. I'm getting, I'm tripping over my words tonight. I imagine what they do now is just probably have the band play or, or something like that, and that's huh? about, probably about it. But it used to be that the halftime show at the Orange Bowl was a big, big production. But huh. they, they have downscaled that. How many old-time radio shows, uh, the actual shows, not the program itself, but shows within that program can you think of that had football games in them? Um, Fever McGee and Molly was once, mm-hmm. uh, Gillespie was once, Jack Benny several times, 
um, going to the Rose Bowl game or being at a game. Uh, then, of course, Luxury Theater, different, some of the different movies had a football theme to it. So, I would say at least a half dozen. I bet there are more than that. The Life of Riley has at least one. Yeah. Um, Our Miss Brooks had one. I need you to switch phones, Patricia. Sure. And you know, everybody, while Patricia's doing that, let me feature a little bit what we're going to do for tomorrow night. Uh, I we- have to switch phones? Is that what you're telling me? Uh-huh, switch phones. You want me to? I want you to, yeah. You can't hear me? No, you're you're having uh, electronic verbiage going in the background. Oh, my goodness. I'm not even chirping. Okay, yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, so, with, while she's going there, let me feature tomorrow night. Tomorrow, uh, we lost several people this past week, and one of them I got a chance to interview. And here's a little bit of the time when I sat down and talked to Tony Curtis. Hi, Tony. How you doing? Who is that? This is Walden. Walden. You bet. And my co-host is... Hello, Walden. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Where are you, Walden? I'm here in California. In California? California. I'm well, here... I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah, my my part, my co-host in Texas. Bill. Well, Walden, what are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and a bracket sweatshirt. Oh, nice. Take the bracket fan, and it's raining uh, cats and dogs. Here. Sound divine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tony Curtis, i got to get you to say hello to the love of my life, Kim Harris. Where's Kim? She's in there, the she, there we go. So we're going to hear that tomorrow night, everybody, uh, via request. So there we go. Are you back, Patricia? I guess we lost Patricia. Well, she's she's kind of juggling a couple of things here. You just keep talking, All and right. um, I'm really sorry for the echo. Do I still have the echo? Uh. I don't think so. Not interesting. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> still juggling some stuff here. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> That's fine. Um, oh, there we Sometimes I really get so frustrated. Well, we we can have you switch back over. Maybe maybe just in one of it was in an area like like this it was like that like somebody was moving and there was this electronic zoom zoom. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Maybe so there's would, somebody out there tapping our line and are they surprised because we're on the air? Yeah. <laughs> They're not getting anything interesting. I do have some interesting information though. Well, good. Tell me. Talk. Tell me. Uh, oh, I'll tell you. Nolan Kenner sent some information about the auction, the Christie's auction, that happened with the um, items from the Roy Rogers and Dale Evans Museum, which closed. And uh, there were some results. And I'm, I went out and I dug around. while uh, Nolan was going to try to locate the source of it. A friend had sent this information to him. But... Nolan, it's okay. It's all correct. I found it in various newspapers. Um, just as a as a, a quick rundown on a handful of items, they did very well. They did very well. I believe there was only one item on the list, which was quite uh-oh, long. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <clears throat> Switch to a different phone, Patricia. Okay. Be right back. Yeah. Are we there? Yep. Okay. We're back. What happened? I don't know. Same, same problem was happening again. 
Isn't that, and, and it's okay on this phone? Uh-huh. Okay, well, I was going to say earlier tonight, maybe we started taking up a collection to buy Patricia a new phone, but oh my gosh, don't do that. I'm not <laughs> for that. That would have been a joke. That's a joke. So what I want to do is go over just a couple of things that were sold at the auction. Um, Roy Rogers' 1964 Bonneville which I read, and you can help confirm this for me, had 150 silver dollars mounted on it. Is that correct? I heard something like that. Yep. I think That's the, what's uh, listed. Yeah. Uh, do you have any idea how much um, these items went for? Uh-huh. I saw that one on the Internet. I saw that and Trigger. Uh, I, I saw two of the items on the Internet. Yeah. Well, the car, we got Trigger on the end, and I'm so glad somebody bought Trigger. <laughs> um the Bonneville, the 1964 Bonneville with the silver dollars on it was was estimated uh, to sell between 100,000 and 150,000. Mm -hmm. It actually took in $254,500 wow. for a 1964 Bonneville. Um, triggers, saddle, and, and... And for the people who may or may not know why the uh, family's doing this, it's to pay off the IRS. Is that, is that really? Yeah. Oh, God. I went on the line. Remember, I, when we sat down and talked to Dusty a few years ago, right. the IRS, and so that's what they did. The IRS just kept pounding them, so they just sold those items off to pay off the IRS. You know, I, I do recall that um, the IRS, um, well, you know, we, we blame it on the IRS. It's the tax laws, and the IRS administers the tax laws. But... Um, I recall now that he talked about the pressure that they were under with the museum. Yeah. Uh, and they set it up a, a second one. They moved it to Branson. Right. And they had to close it. So after it closed, they put these things up for auction. Christie's, the auction house in New York, uh, took responsibility for it. And they do a wonderful job. You know, they promote it. And um, the auctioneers are just extraordinary at Christie's. So... I was really pleased to hear that that particular auction house was handling it. Um, Trigger's saddle and bridle, estimated at 100 to 150 thousand dollars on uh, before the auction, between 100 and 150, actually sold for 386 thousand. Wow. Dollars. Wow. Saddle and bridle, 386 thousand five hundred dollars. Mm. That's incredible. One of his shirts sold for $16,250. Mm. One of his hats for $17,500. One set of spurs, boot spurs. Now, I would have put the spurs at a much higher value than a shirt or a hat. Wouldn't um, you? I don't know. I mean, if it, were, if it were a shirt that people saw on TV a lot, it may have more exposure. You know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Dangle jingle of spurs, I think I I would have thought. So the shirt went for 17500 A set of spurs went for $10,625. So there was a difference of $7,000. They paid $7,000 more for a shirt than they did for the spurs. That's really interesting. Um, one of the guitars for 27005 Wow. Nellie Bell. Nellie Bell. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Jeep? Yep. Was sold for $116,500. Wow. And now we get to the really important stuff here. Uh -huh. Bullet, the dog yeah. who 
was also through the taxidermy process. Yep. Um, estimated value at auction was ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Bullet sold for thirty-five thousand dollars. Dale's horse. Now this is interesting. Dale's horse buttermilk. We had this question one night. Right. Buttermilk um, apparently had a, an interesting history. I don't know what it is. Maybe you do. Dale's horse buttermilk was estimated to. Uh, to take in before the auction, they estimated it would take in between thirty and forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It sold for twenty-five thousand. It was oh. the only item on the list. Now, I mean, certainly there were dozens and dozens and dozens of items that yeah. didn't make this particular list, but it was the only item, major item, that was listed here. Um, you know, these are the major items and the major money makers. It was the only one that sold for less than what the auction estimated it would which really is a puzzle to me. And Trigger. Trigger. I just, uh, you know, he was preserved in 1965. Here we are in 2010. So that's 30, 40, 45 years ago. And I was really worried about Trigger. I mean, I was really worried about Trigger, that he would wind up in somebody's closet or just discarded somewhere. Trigger sold for $266,500. That is a lot of money. For, for somebody closet. That's not bad. Not, for, not bad. Now, here's the interesting thing that I didn't even realize before. Trigger sold for 266000 His saddle and bridle sold for three hundred and eighty-six. You know, I didn't realize that until I pared down the list and I just looked at the two of them together. But so I guess Trigger is safe. Um, I I was really, I was worried about Trigger. I know Um, it sounds silly, but I was worried about Trigger. You know, remember how much Roy paid for it? For pay for Trigger, nineteen thirty-nine. Two thousand five hundred dollars. Yep. Oh, am I good or what? You're good. You're good. Read it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid I cannot take any great credit for this. I just read it yesterday. So we have a bunch of people out there we have not heard from for a while. I guess maybe they're all just hibernating for the winter. I know, but it's not winter yet. We're just barely getting into fall. Maybe they're out doing really exciting stuff because it's getting a little bit cooler, although you couldn't tell it in California. Uh Uh-uh. Now, how's the weather in Florida? Weather in Florida is much um, much better than what everybody else is dealing with. <laughs> we are in the high 80s for this entire week, which is far superior to the mid-90s. Now, it's amazing that it, 5, 6, 7 degrees makes that much difference. But it does. Now, instead it of 95, does. we're down to an 88. Now, that's only 7 degrees, but my goodness... Big difference. That's true. That's true. What is your temperature at the moment? I don't know. Well, we can call and find out. Let's well, then we'll call and find out. Let's see. And uh, let's see who else. We haven't heard from Casey. We haven't heard from Ray in Chicago. We have some new family members. We have only heard from one time um, Jerry in Washington. And I know, I know Ron in Hawaii is going to call us tonight. He's been working a whole lot lately. And it's six hours difference between Ron and me, and it's three hours difference between Walden and him. 
So uh, there's a lot of difference in there. What's your temperature? Did we lose Walden? Did you lose me? I just love it when I'm sitting here talking to myself. I don't even know if, um, if I'm on the air, but I'll just keep talking. We have one more question here. Uh, Bessie, I'm looking for the major person, someone by the name of Bessie was associated with, and there are two possible answers that I know of. Maybe Walden has other answers. 73 degrees, Patricia. It is 70. I thought maybe I was just sitting here and I wasn't on the air. <laughs> I kept saying, Walden, Walden, are you there? Um, 73 degrees? Uh-huh. Well, that's pretty good. Still hot for me, though. Now, now, let people in on what you dealt with this week. What was the high temperature out there this week? 107 for Little Orange County and 113 up in L.A. That's big-time stuff. That is big-time. I believe, help me with this, I believe I heard that that was an all-time record for Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Never, never hit that before. It has never been mm-hmm. 113 degrees. Thank goodness, but, I mean, that is way into the danger zone. People are really, I mean, people die in that kind of weather. So I, I do hope all of our listeners who are out in the California area fared a whole lot better than that. So I have a new trivia question here. Somebody's got to call and give us an answer. Are you ready? Walden has disappeared again. I am looking for the major character associated with a character named Bessie. And I know of at least two. There might be a third. Is Walden there? Yeah, huh. Walden was trying to call Jimmy, but he's still away. Oh, okay. you got to warn me here because sometimes <laughs> I'm talking to myself and, you know, I'm kind of part of the dead air routine and I'm just talking to me. So you, you just kind of disappear. You're like the ghost in Topper. Well, I just, I'm just i just here and there, and I'm hoping that you're covering for me when I'm not there, that's all. <laughs> just, I don't know that I'm covering for you. You are too funny. Well, see, I know, I know two of them. You know two of two of what? Bessie uh, sidekicks. Oh, I know that. That's right. I've only got two. Are there yeah. more than two? I can't think of any others. Okay, I've got two. Who does a character named Bessie belong to? Mm-hmm. Bessie is a, a lesser, I don't know how to put this, uh, not a major character. We, we call those second bananas. <laughs> okay. Third bananas. That's what they call it in the uh, acting communities. Is that true? Uh-huh. Second banana. Yep. And third, yeah. bana- and third yeah. bananas. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And third banana, too? I, th- I think so. I think third. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least second. I am third banana. <laughs> I don't think I'd like that. I don't think I'd like You won. No, no. You did very well with your question tonight, sir. Well, gosh, you're I'm so impressed. kind. You're so kind. I am really impressed. 714-545-2071. You call in and let us know what you did in... Amusement parks, what you did at carnivals. Did you have street fairs? I guess nobody went. I guess nobody. You and I can't be the only ones who ever went on a Ferris wheel. I don't think so. My goodness, where is everybody tonight? I don't know. 
Okay, we need to talk about the auction. You know, we can. We can always sneak in a show early, too, if people are going to... We could sneak in a show, because one yeah. of our shows is from 1947, and I pulled out some 1947 stuff. Really oh, good. good stuff. Good, good. You want, All right. Want, want to do the show, or you want to talk about the auction, or what order? Let's do the auction. Let's do the auction. Talk about the auction. It is, when I ask Patricia what happens 57 days from now, and the answer is the <laughs> auction. Oh, no. The Are you auction. Serious? I blew it? Well, no, you were too busy. I was talking. You were busy. You had to take care of the show. I can be creative, you know. I'm, you know, Roy Gaffman accused me. I just sit, kick back and relax on Saturday. I have Patricia, which is true. Aww. I have Patricia. Nobody else had Patricia. I have Patricia. <laughs> I am in your stable. I know. <laughs> but anyway, she she runs the show. Thank goodness. And she brings she she brings class and culture to the show. She haven't taught to figure that one out. Oh, you have to snap gum and say class and culture. <laughs> I love the way she said that. Yes, snap your gum when you say that though. <laughs> right out of um, West Side Story. Ah. Uh... Okay. <laughs> You know, I you know she'll Patricia will do her New Yorkies accent once in a while for me, and she, Aww. you know. Anyway, Aww. anyway, the what's the way I grew up? Fifty-seven days from now, you can if you know somebody from New Yorkie, you can send them an email and say, "Hey, what's gonna be fifty-seven days from now?" And you can say, "Everybody class. knew fifty-seven days from now and, except Patricia." I know, and you can say class and culture. This is, we have class on this show, and we are cultured Yes. this show. Yes. And we have an awful lot of fun in between. That's but true. we do. We have an auction coming up on November 28th. Did I get that? Oh, you're good. I got that date. Okay. You're it good. is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to remember it. The Sunday right after Thanksgiving, we have an auction. Talk about the auction. And this is the major fundraiser for the station. Uh, we generally like to raise at least $4,000 or so just to try to cover the broadcasting audio stream of the station. That doesn't count utilities or uh, electricity or anything like that, but just the broadcast stream alone, we try to raise money to cover that cost. And Bill is asking for everybody to help out even if Mike can create some homemade items this year we know times are tough for everybody financially and if you enjoy what we do here um, if you can help out anyway that would be great and, you know maybe there's some items around the house you might want to send out you know class and culture nice <laughs> items class and culture yeah people, you know, people send in um, tapes and CDs and DVDs that are not brand new. These items do not have to be brand new. I mean, you run a CD through your computer, and it doesn't wear out. It's something other people can use as well. So pass it on, and Kim will put it together as part of a bundle. So not everything has to be brand new. No, it doesn't it, have it, to be packaged. If you, if you want some pricing from Patricia... Maybe take some blank CDs and make some copies of that and send those down to to Kim. If you 
have, maybe go online and and download some shows and send that to Ken Bragg. We anything. It doesn't have to be big. We mm-hmm. just we just want to have everybody to participate if we can. Yeah. Something interesting happened. It was either last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. A couple of people donated to the auction professional services. Right. And I, I can't recall whether it, it was like um, a, a, a accounting with one. I was going to say a 1040 income tax return. Yes. Uh huh. Done for free. Yep. So services. If you are involved in a business and want to contribute business services, that is a very cool item as well. Great item. Well, you know, the station runs on blank CD, blank tape. Maybe you got some around the place. Or there's always good bargains. Or maybe you're out at your local Walmart or uh, grocery store and you, you only have a little extra money. Maybe a $25 gift card. Doesn't it, it doesn't have to be big, you know? doesn't um, have to be big. doesn't have to be big. Not. And... There are so many places that give two for the price of one items. You've got to start watching for them. We're a month and a half away, close to two months away from the auction. But just start watching for these goodies. Uh, you get. I'll give you a heads up. Um, yeah. February McGee and Molly. Uh, first Generation just came out yesterday with the, the undiscovered next set of the 15 minute show. They're offering it. Uh, $17.98, but if you buy other items, they'll give it to you for $0.99. Cents. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. A 10-CD set professionally redone for $0.99 cents is a good deal. It is. Yeah. So, so we're always looking for ideas. Look for bargains. Hey, if you can find a bargain, you're ahead and we're ahead. That's what, that's what helps. Mm-hmm. You bet. Yeah. Uh, Mike Handy has given uh, or contributed iPods, mm-hmm. a huge item, but it's one of the items that has come in. Um, we had a set of dishes, which is very big and very heavy, but they were um, they were one of a kind. And I, I don't mean a set of dishes mm-hmm. like a service for 12 or something like that, but um, pieces of artwork. There are just, it does not have to be old-time radio connected. It can be a whole bunch of things. If it's, if it's fun for you, it's going to be fun for somebody else. If go you to, like it, somebody else is going to like it and bid on it. Go to yesterdayusa.com, click on the past auction. I could not find that link. It maybe disappeared, huh? Okay. I don't know. I sent an email, uh, or I, I left a message in the chat room, and underscore bill rescued me with uh the page okay the auction page okay so if you go to yesterdayusa.com slash 2009 auction and let me see if i can bring up a page with just that or do i have to give you the rest of the the stuff the url there yeah you keep talking for a second okay i'm wong hu that's patricia and we love to hear from you tonight at 714 Five four five two zero seven one. We love to talk to people. We love playing radio shows, and we're going to be getting back into the circuit, having some live guests here on Saturday night. And we're always looking for new ones, new ideas. Um, I know for those fans who love Shirley Mitchell, I will give her a call here in a couple weeks, and. 
around November time, right around her birthday, and we'll continue talking about Fibber McGee and Molly, the great girls we with Shirley Mitchell. That's one of my goals, to have her back on. That way, people can get a chance to talk to her. We'll have other guests and other format. Patricia will join me uh, double fun with Patricia on Christmas and New Year's. She's going to be with me twice a week. Oh, boy. And that's good. <laughs> that means I get to pay her double her salary. That's right. Yeah. So she'll be with me for a raise for next year. I know she'll be with me Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and New Year's Eve and New Year's <laughs> Day, and we hope, besides the wrapping, the gifts, and presents, and the time you finish with your family, you spend a little time with us. We would appreciate it. And we're going to do if we can pull this off this year. We're going to qualify for Sandra's helpers, I swear. <laughs> We're going to have some Christmas surprises for everybody this year, a little bit different from what we typically do or have been doing. Well, just to be, you know, I'm like a veteran. What if I've been here two years before <laughs> Christmas? Is that correct? Two years, but two, hey. Two years, so this will be my third Christmas. I know. But it's going to be different. It's going to be different. It will be something unique, out of the ordinary. Unique. Which is ever so cool. That's and we're true. going to have an out-of-the-ordinary guest next week as well. Oh. That's good. Uh, so how do you all over there? Is it still up and running? Is it still 209 auction? Oh, um, no. <laughs> I, have, I really have no idea where this link is. However, okay. I will send the link because it's, oh my, I'll read it to you. It's yesterdayusa.com slash 2000 nine space auction slash auction underscore list underscore to the I mean it's just I will send the link to anyone who would like it you can reach me at Florida writer at hotmail.com Florida writer at hotmail.com send me an email that says you're out there and listening there is somebody out there who has ears on tonight I will send the auction, the 2009 auction address to you, and you can take a look at what went on last year, what was up for auction, and it was a little bit different from previous years. I think I mentioned that one of the items that I got from the auction one year was a really handy-dandy doodad, so a little box. It looks like a little box, only it's got radio dial and a teeny TV screen. It's hand-cranked powered. You can get, which is really great in hurricane territory here because we periodically lose, and it's not very often, but once in a while we'll lose power for an extended period of time. In the really heavy hurricane seasons, I lost uh, power for a week, which was a lot. Mm -hmm. that, that was a long time without power. So you hand-crank this thing, and you can get radio. You can get emergency news reports. If you really crank it, you actually have a couple of local uh, television stations that you can pull in on this, and you can also charge your cell phone. Now, people walk around and say, oh, well, it's no problem. You've got your cell phones. Well, we do, except everybody has to charge a cell phone with electricity. If you don't have any power, you don't have your cell phone either. So this is pretty cool, and that was one of the items that I got at uh, the Yesterday USA auction. So I thought it was a great deal. Our friend, Dr. Dale, who passed away 
we're we're up to two years, aren't we? Uh huh. Two yep. years. Two years. About the time. About this time, it was two years ago in yeah. October. We lost our friend, Dr. Dale, but that was one of the items that he contributed. Yeah. And I bid on. I don't remember who I was bidding against, <laughs> but. Um, I got it, and it's a wonderful item, so I'm really just delighted that I have that one. So it does not have to be radio-related. It no. does not have to be old-time radio-related. It does not have to be, it can be an homemade entertainment medium. It yep. can be anywhere. Homemade, something in good taste. Um, and what, so send, a, send all items to Kim Bright, K-I-M-B-R-A-G-G. She's... Down in home base of Texas at 2001 at 2001 Plymouth Rock at P L Y M O U T H Rock R O C K Drive D O I V E Richardson that's R I C H A R D S O N Texas 75081 2001 Plymouth Rock Drive, Richardson, Texas, 75081. And later on, mm-hmm. we can go through the routine that is used to auction these items off, and you can participate in the auction. Is this cool? That's good. This is cool. That's good. This is cool. Okay, you want to do a show a little bit early tonight? Uh-huh, might as well. We might be able to sneak in, too. I think we'll be able to sneak in, too. Yeah. People people better start calling us. 714-545-2071. Our first show for tonight is called Teeny's Kitty Under the Porch. Yeah, I bet you can figure out what happens in the show. <laughs> The show is from October 14th, 1947, and when we come back, I will also have some really fun 1947 tidbits of information. Um, I think a fair number of our listeners uh, listen during the week as well, the uh, weekly live show from 10.30 to midnight Eastern Time is on Monday through Thursday. And Bill Bragg has been talking about the Texas State Fair at in Dallas, the Texas State Fair. Now, they've got the mascot for the Texas Fair is uh, Big Tex, this enormous statue of Big Tex. And Bill Bragg is the voice of Big Tex. So you will hear the character Big Tex talking during the um, each day during the uh, life of the fair, as long as the gates are open, Big Tex is talking to you. Now, one of the really fun things, I'm saying that there is a point <laughs> to this conversation, the show is from October 14, 1947. Harlow Wilcox talks about Johnson's Wax, obviously. This is a Johnson Wax-sponsored program. And he talks about the 1947 Texas State Fair in Dallas that a 4-H competitor polished the horns of his Hereford steer with Johnson's Wax. So I thought that was kind of fun. That was a really nifty tie-in to Yesterday USA. Walden, you're supposed to say, "Gosh, that was a nifty, fun time." I was awesome. I was just. Uh, I, I was. I was so flabbergasted. I was speechless. You were speechless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have done my thing. <laughs> In this particular 
So Teeny shows up at the McGee's house with a kitty. And the kitty manages to get out of the house and is under the porch. It crawls in under the porch. Teeny is crying. Fibber is upset. And he promises that he will somehow get Teeny's poor little kitty. Oh, my poor little kitty, Teeny says. That he will somehow get the kitty out. And he comes up in here with a pretty creative plan. So Teeny is in, in the show. Is, it's kind of interesting because Teeny has a major part in this show, which does not happen very often. Usually she is uh, one of the characters who shows up, like Mayor Latrivia and the old-timers and kind of an in-and-out-of-the-house visit. Um, and her visit is, is typically late in the show. This time... She's making Fibber crazy on two ends of the show. She gets to him twice this time. So this is our Listen Hard show for tonight. When the show is over, we will be back, and I will have three questions that relate to the show. You answer one of those questions, and you will win a CD with any show on it you want. If it's available, you'll have it. Now, here's just a little heads up. I usually give a hint in my description of a show about what's coming up in terms of the questions. Not this time. You're on your own. <laughs> they safely disregard everything I just said. It's only a description of the show. We will have three questions when we come back, and here we go with Teeny's Kitten or Kitty. Teeny's Kitty under the porch from October 14th, 1947. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Maybe you noticed in Time magazine this week that Johnson's Wax is in the news again. Down at the Texas State Fair in Dallas, a young 4-H clubber was putting the finishing touches on his Hereford steer before parading him in the show ring. As a final thought, he brought out a can of... You guessed it, Johnson's Wax, and set to work polishing the steer's horns. Well, now, you probably don't have steer horns you want to polish, but the point is, a smooth, protective coat of Johnson's Wax also works miracles on a hundred different things in your home. Furniture and woodwork, radios, Venetian blinds, leather goods, and picture frames, to mention just a few accessories, shine with beauty when polished with Johnson's Wax. They're so easy to keep clean and bright. Try this wonderful wax method of housekeeping yourself. Johnson's Wax Paste or Liquid to bring out the beauty of the home. Look on the right side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Maybe statesmen and politicians would listen more to the voice of the people if smart people spoke up and the dumb people weren't so noisy. For instance, listen to an average citizen popping off as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. And another thing. 
If them so-called experts at the United Nations Conference took my advice, I'd clean up their troubles in two, two minutes flat. But no, they don't even answer my letters. Is that gratitude? Is that courtesy? Uh, is... What, uh, what is your plan, sweetheart? Just send all the interpreters home. That's all. <laughs> and then? Then when them delegates started calling each other names, nobody would understand what they were saying. <laughs> Take it from one who knows, kiddo. There's nothing more discouraging than losing an argument with yourself. Well, I think you may have something there, McGee, but uh, maybe you if you gargle and take some aspirin, it'll go away. <laughs> Don't sell me short, baby. It's a terrific idea. If they can't argue with each other, they, they, they've got to agree. That's simple, ain't it? Well, there's just one thing. And then his arm... Liver and Molly return in just a moment. I don't know how you keep your furniture clean and polished, but I've heard that some women are still doing this job the hard way. First, they clean with soap and water or some other cleaner. Then they use a polish, due to operations, in fact. Well, now, obviously, these women haven't heard about Johnson's Cream Wax, this newest Johnson's Wax Polish. Both cleans and polishes furniture and light-colored woodwork in just one application. Yes, wonderful Johnson's Cream Wax combines two cleansing ingredients with genuine quick-polishing wax. When you apply this creamy white liquid, dirt and fingerprints seem to melt right away. Furniture fairly glows and sparkles, stays bright longer. And listen to this. Johnson's Cream Wax doesn't contain one single drop of dust-catching oil. The protective finish it gives your furniture and light woodwork is hard and absolutely dry, so dusting is simple as could be. Try it, Johnson's Cream Wax. It's wonderful to bring out the beauty of the home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. Got to run down to the newsstand, Molly. Be right back. What's all the hurry? Dinner's almost ready. I got to get a magazine. Somebody told me there's an article about us in this issue. Out today. Hey, you got any change? No, I haven't. Oh, never mind. I'll charge it as usual. The newsstand guy don't like it, but he does it for What me. magazine has our pictures in it? Look magazine. Hey, why don't you come with me? While he gives me a dirty look, you can grab a clean one, huh? <laughs> don't you get it, Molly? It ain't funny, McGee. It ain't? Well, it's hard to hold that terrific pace right up to the end. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that was from October the 14th, 1947. Hello, Patricia. Oh, Alden. Hi. We're back. How you be? <laughs> <laughs> I be very fine. Good. We are back, and we had a fun show. I just love that show. I don't want that dirty old thing. <laughs> Good old teeny. Uh, I have you know, the, the, the writers must have uh, had a great time just cre creating punchline just for her. Oh, you know, she was such a strong character. Yeah. It was a delicate balancing act, I'm I'm thinking. I'm going, how, how would I know for sure? But I think it was probably a very delicate balancing act for Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and all of the writers who were at one time or another associated with the show to keep her so up front and in his face and getting away with so many things 
without jeopardizing the balance of the show. Fibber and Molly were, of course, the two main characters, and they always had to stay the strongest characters in there. And here comes Teenie, and I think she had the potential of hijacking the show, but she never did. So, is that just feel? How do the writers know when they're not crossing crossing that invisible line? Well, then I don't have a clue. Huh? I really, I think a good deal of it is in the delivery of the lines. Mm -hmm. I think it was, this is opinion only. I, I've never written, um, I think I said that last week, I've never written, um, I've, I've never done script writing of any kind for radio, for television, nothing. Um, you think you think you would have liked to try over the last part of your whole uh, career? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed radio writing. Yeah. Television writing, no way. Um, and I, I still need to send a note to Bob Mills. Bob Mills was our guest quite a few weeks ago. He uh, wrote a book about Bob Hope. He was on the road with Bob Hope um, as one of the comedy writers, and he dropped me a note and said, uh, I, I guess he thought I was funny in some of the things that I wrote to him because we had exchanged a couple of emails, and he said I ought to be a sitcom writer. And I thought... I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not. I can't remember the last time I watched a sitcom, and, and they're pretty hard to come by. Ones that. Well, maybe that's a good thing. That way, you be you have a fresh new approach. I would have a fresh new approach. There's there's one rule in the general writing business is that you don't try to tell the other person. The other person being an editor. In my case, it would be an editor. What the editor needs to either beef up or change in in the magazine or the publication. If it weren't successful, the editor wouldn't be there. So you don't you don't tell the editor what to do and I don't know if that translates to television as well. Who are we talking with? Well they're gone. Nobody. I guess nobody. Should That's we blame it on Nolan? No. We'll blame it on the next call. <laughs> we'll blame it on the next call. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's um, those are my thoughts. Um, one, I, one of the people I'm planning to call here this next few weeks is probably the one of the best well-known comedy writers of all time. I hope we can get him on the show. Uh, 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 it's Hal Cantor. Hal Cantor was the guy who wrote for Bing Crosby for six straight years. He also worked with Bob Hope on those road pictures. And he is the master punchline started early 30s with Eddie Cantor. Oh. And he is the major one that writes all the routine for the Oscar shows. Oh, my goodness. Hello there. You're on with Patricia. No, we're not. I hear somebody breathing. Until we meet. There you go. <laughs> Happy trails. Owen. Keep smiling until then. We said that, I guess, with the end of the show. Yeah, you sure did. Oh, see, I just knew it was you. How are you, Nolan? I'm doing great. How's everybody? We're doing yeah. good. Thank you. We're talking to Nolan Kenner, who, is, uh, who owns a voice people should recognize if you listen to the live show during the week. Give them, give them a sample of what they should remember. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> this is really on the spot, okay. Yeah. The Yesterday USA Radio Network. 
Patricia and Walden. Oh, man. That's good. This is good. I thought um, that you would pop in something about Bill, you know, because your voice introduces the live show every week. But I'm, I like this one. You gave us um, front page coverage here. I know. I know. How are you? Gee. Did we lose him? No, I think he's playing with his toys. <laughs> <laughs> no one packs up a surprise for us almost every week, so we're, we're going to have some good stuff here. Nolan Kenner has been associated in one way or another with Yesterday USA for a bunch of years, and he's going to tell you how many because I don't know how many. And he's got a voice you will recognize uh, from announcements and drops that he has done for Bill. Bill plays the recordings each week, and when the recording is finished, he says, Why, thank you, Nolan Kenner, and welcomes everybody to the live show. Nolan, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me on the speakerphone? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, it was just quiet. You know, I mean, after last week, we were all sitting around waiting for Nolan to answer a trivia question, and his phone had actually disconnected, and we were sitting here waiting for him. We thought you were pondering the answer. Oh, the battery went dead on my uh, cordless phone. I apologize. <laughs> well, that's okay. That could, a bunch of people called in covered for you for the next two hours until you were able to get sneaked back in. So I just thought it was it was one of the funnier things that has happened because Walden and I are being so polite. We're sitting here waiting for you to answer the question, and you weren't even there. Dick Rodell came by. Dick and... <laughs> he, he buried you. So it's good to um, to talk to you. Do you have something for us this week? Uh, I pretty well did it. <laughs> that was really took up all of my uh, space here, so I don't have anything else. <laughs> I may come back before the night's over. Okay, that's good. And I do thank you. Um, I don't know if you heard me earlier. I gave out some of the information that you had sent to me about the... Uh, the museum, the Roy Rogers Dale Evans Museum auction, the items that were auctioned off, the, it is posted in several places in several different ways, the information that you sent. So it's generally circulating, but um, I really appreciate your sending that. That was cool. You know, the thing we didn't answer is, is what did. So how much did they get for Happy Trails lyrics? Oh, I, I saw a website earlier when I was out, you know, trying to collect some information and make sure that, um, you know, that the numbers were, were pretty close to each other, and they were indeed, there was one website that posted after the auction that the Happy Trails script or score was still up for bid, that it hadn't been part of the Christie's group. Oh, I see. I don't know. I don't know if it, if it has sold. I don't know if it was even true, but that's what I read. Just curious, that was the only thing that seemed to be left out. Yeah. Yeah. Walden, have you heard anything about it? Uh-uh. No, no. I just saw, I, a few weeks ago, after I ran the Dust Devisor interview, uh, Delaney was asking me about it, and that's when I went, uh, went online and read that the auction was going to happen. So that's when I knew, uh, it was, and it was because of the IRS. Um, so, but, I know I, um, no, it was something else that I had sent you. I, it was about, um, I think Gene Autry's estate. Yeah, they're selling the house. I don't know if the house is sold. For Gene Autry, I don't, I'm uh, not sure. Hmm. But, uh, 
And then here two weeks ago, I feel sad that we missed on Grace Boyd. I've been looking for her, and she just passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, so she was 97. And it was ironic that she just came out this past year with a book. Uh, so I thought it would be great to get her on the show. Yeah. You know. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry to hear that. I did not realize that yeah. that had happened. Yeah. Do I dream it, or did uh, you have a dusty schedule for coming soon? Uh, I have. I say again. No, I'm. I'm sorry. You have dusty Roger's schedule to come back. Uh, well, I'm hoping when Patricia and I were talking about the auction, I was thinking maybe it's time to. Uh, drop him a note, see if he would come on. Yeah. I, I think I think the people would like to hear from him again. He was a good guest. Oh, he's, he's really a terrific person, and he's got such wonderful stories about his childhood and about his parents. Um, this is Dusty Rogers we're talking about, mm -hmm. and he is just such a neat person to listen to. He's got a wonderful voice, great stories, so pleasant, and just a, a fun person. Well, I, that's what I would expect from an offspring of Roy Rogers, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I would, too, but that doesn't necessarily hold up across the, um, across the board in Hollywood and in, in the entertainment industry. Who would you like to have interviewed on the show? Who would you like to have to hear? I was going to say, who would you like to see? But, of course, you can't see on radio. Who? Which guests would you like? Hmm. Well, I, I would love to have been able to talk to Brace Beamer. Oh, boy, wouldn't we? I'm talking for the real thing. Walden is, is um, going to start scheduling some guests for us to talk with on Saturday nights. Who would be a good candidate? And, boy, would I have loved to talk to Brace Beamer, too. Yeah. He'd, he'd rattle the windows in your house if you talk. Oh, my gosh. I have a question about that when, when we're finished with this subject. Let me think about that, if you will, go ahead with your thought. Okay. My thought. When I listen to Brace Beamer, when I listen to um, just any, of, any of the really robust cowboy, they had this hollow echo in their chests that just, it sounded like they were talking through a cave, and it reverberated it wasn't even a voice that came out of the throat it was a reverberation it, as you say the walls would rattle every person in my life i have heard with that timber to their voices have been smokers it's oh, really? a smoker's chest that makes that sound and i wondered if you through your contacts with fred foy knew anything about the personal habits of the um, the performers um, meaning Beamer? Uh, Beamer and um, the ones who came after him. Well, uh, first I'll say Fred does not smoke because when he came to our uh, convention, he went into an, an asked for a non-smoking room, so I know he doesn't smoke. He, he does not. I, of course, you know, with me, I'm, I'm a former smoker, so it, you, know, you just don't know. But Fred does not have or never did have that quality to my ears anyway. He, he had a true, robust, baritone-type voice, whereas the performers, the actors who played the Lone Ranger, 
um, that had this this um, echo. And it, it's the best I can say is that it it came from their chest. They spoke from their chests. It it, it was such a robust voice. And the only time I've ever heard that is in a smoker whose chest is really changed enough that um, that their voices have changed. That's a high price to pay for a deep voice, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I know. Not a good deal. Oh. Huh. You know what? I, I, I hate to admit it, but I knew a lot of answers about that uh, uh, Kay Kaiser thing. And I don't know why, because I'm not really thrilled with Kay Kaiser. <laughs> what? Well, okay, what, what was... Now, Walden had more questions than I did. I just wanted to know what the name of the quiz show was. I was kind. What's the name of the quiz show? Uh, College of Musical Knowledge. Yes, Kay Kaiser's College of Musical Knowledge. How did they spell college? With a K? With a K. See, you're good. Now, that was five questions. Walden, what were your other questions? Oh, I know. What in- I want to know what instrument did he play? Okay, what instrument did Kay Kaiser play? He didn't play the clarinet. Nope. Not saxophone. Nope. Um. Oh, 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 trombone? Nope. No! It's got to be a trombone. No. I said so. I know, it did. It's a trick question. <laughs> it's a trick question? Uh-huh. You're going to tell me he didn't play any? That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was strictly a cheerleader. He was going to law school, got his law degree from North Carolina, and decided to put together a band in college. And basically, he was a cheerleader. I could see he had no talent. <laughs> <laughs> the next, my next part of my question, after Harry Babbitt, who I knew, uh, talked to, went into the service, who was the guy who became his senior, who later became a major talk show host on television? His Yes. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> well, it, it was, it, in my book, it's a bigger name than Oprah. Merv Griffin. Nope, not Merv. But uh, you're in the right category. Singer. Huh. Oprah. Beyond, that, that was a great answer. Yeah. And He's the only one who had a singing background that I know about. Well, the, the other one had bigger hits than Merv. With Mike Douglas. Oh yeah. As a singer? Yes. Mike was. Mike was. No one is over there saying, "Oh yeah." Yeah. Mike. Mike had songs like "The Old Buttermilk Sky" and "The Lamplighters," which were major hits Uh with Kay Kaiser, and that really jump-started Mike's career. And of course, in the '60s, he started his TV shows. See, I learn something every night with you guys. And then, what did he wear on the radio show? Oh, see, I knew that. Uh, and what is it, Patricia? He wore a professor's outfit, That's and I think right. he had the black one. Right, he did, and his announcers, they all wore the caps and gowns and everything. Huh? They dressed with up the for the show. The mortarboard, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. Yeah. That's great for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Did, he, did that go over to television as well, Walden? I think it was for a short time, but Kay quit the band business in the late 40s. And so he didn't he didn't carry on into the TV realm very long. Why did he pass? Why did he leave? Uh, he decided to go, go move back home to North Carolina. Uh, he married his girl senior. Uh-huh. 
Georgia yeah. Carroll, who's still living, oh. and he 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 started he started to uh, he started to teach and different things like that. He, he was he was oh. he was ready to quit he was ready to uh, quit the music business completely. Oh. oh my God! I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He he always sounded. Now he he did movies. That's how come I knew about the, the right. gown type thing. He did some movies, and I you know I'm a freak about old time. It's just old movies. Anything that's in black and white, I, I always pick first over anything. But he looked like. He was having such a wonderful time in there. Well, it's interesting. Harry Babbitt, who uh, I was supposed to do a TV show with, but I got sick. And later I interviewed on the station. He said, Kay ran the organization as a very first class operation. He expected everybody to dress on the train. They always took the train. Uh-huh. Uh, Kay was a businessman. Uh, had a law degree. Uh, it's comparable with the comedian. It could be Bibble, but he also was the banker for the band. He was the business manager. Okay. And great stories that were told. Uh, <clears throat> it's left $30,000 in cash in a room. They got paid $30,000. They had it. It had it in a suitcase. And he left it in a room, but it was just a room that they were going to switch people and so Harry Babbitt and his wife moved into it and there it was $30,000 in cash in a bag wow you know and, and let's face it in the 40s that would have been pretty good money um Ow. yeah but uh but you think about it, those band leaders were sort of different you know I.C. Nelson was a lawyer by trade uh-huh. Kay Kaiser was a lawyer uh Artie Shaw was a very intellectual guy a lot of them had you know other interests uh, besides just playing music, so I think a lot of them would be willing, you know, were willing to get willing to get out of band business, I guess. Yeah, I had forgotten about Ozzy Nelson being a lawyer, mm-hmm. and he's the the least likely candidate I would have picked. Yeah. Uh, what what area of just knowing his personality, having having heard him in the radio comedy that translated to television, what field of law, what area of law would you think he would have practiced in? Well, he was a great businessman if he knew entertainment law. That's why he really got the, uh, he got all the nickel and dime possible. So probably doing something with money would be my guess if he had to practice law. But he never had to, I guess. And I, well, I guess not, because he didn't. <laughs> but I, I would not, I wouldn't know where to put him. He just didn't seem aggressive enough to be a corporate attorney. He's not aggressive enough to be a trial attorney. I, I, where would you have put him, Nolan? I don't know. Um, that's an interesting question. I didn't know about the other situation where where actor went into. Uh, Law practice. Yeah. But, uh, Ozzy Nelson was an interesting guy. He was very driven. He was the youngest person to ever become an Eagle Scout at one time. No. Yes. No. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he was a very driven kind of guy. Well, I guess to make a success of yourself in an orchestra during World War Two, and in that era, I guess you'd have to be... You'd have to be a pit bull 
Well, you have to have good people around you uh, that are willing to drive the bus. You know, um, somebody like Benny Goodman, who had the only sense he was blessed was with music. He didn't have any, any other talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was surrounded by people that knew where to shape him. And I, I imagine in most music careers, that's probably true. You know, become a successful major national recording artist over the years, you had to have people around you that knew how to drive the, drive the, uh, sure. drive the career. Sure. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I once said, when I, I've been a DJ all my life up until, uh, you know, a short time in my life, up into my mid-twenties, I decided I didn't have any talent, so I was going to management. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how did that work out? Uh, well, okay. It worked out great. Yeah. Um, you know, I've often said that. Good for you. Most people don't catch on what I'm saying. But. <laughs> Once in a while I do. You know, the, the really great stuff just it wishes past me because I believe everybody. But the, the, um, the puns and the backdoor comments and the fun type stuff, I usually get. So I'll, okay. I'll take credit for that one. Occasionally, one goes over. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> I'm known as the whoosh girl. Uh, you know what I should really... Um, did you hear that? I was trying to cue something else up, but I better not try it while we're on the air. I'll call, I'll call you later on. I've got, what I've got is um, some promos for radio that were done by Dick Orkin, your chicken man man. Oh, oh yeah. And this was at the 75th anniversary of radio, which, uh, in fact, it's either 94 or 95. Something but, like that, yeah. Not too long ago. Oh, I hear it. Sorry, that's my cell phone. Or is, is that on my phone, or...? That was me. That was, that was yeah. no one. <laughs> he, he was ordering chicken man on the phone. He had to have him come deliver, but, you know. Got it. Okay. Oh, my phone apparently was giving fusses earlier, and Walden could hear it, but I couldn't. So I thought it was me again. Cell phone fusses at my cordless phone. That's what that was. See how willing I am to accept responsibility for everything. No, no, no. Yes, yes. I'm just, I'm, no. I'm so terrific. It was my, it was my fault. Okay. Were you listening to um, the Fibber McGee and Molly show? In and out. I was working with uh, setting up Roy at that time. Um, <laughs> oh, very fun. We're out of control. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much fun when you call in, Nolan. Well, that's nice to know. Yeah, well, we do. We do. Did so you figure out when we'd be 100, Walter? Uh-uh. You mean, mean when Roy will be 100? If we were 75 and 95. Yeah, well, I'm figuring, uh, well, it depends on what, what date. Uh, it's going within a year. Yeah, well, I say 95. It's probably when this thing came out. Was it? Yeah. Because I remember the book. I think there was a big old book about the 75th anniversary. And I seem to remember it'd be about the mid nineties. So when we reached eighty, nineteen eighty, we'd already missed a hundred years. Yep. Actually, it depends. Well, I, yeah, because right, right now it would be it would be ninety now. So I guess it'd be ten years from now, it'd be hundred from uh, commercial radio. But you know, they they really said radio actually a hundred years old if you go by um, the the station up in San Jose, California, born in nineteen oh nine. So. I guess it depends who you really want to say how old radio really is. There's a, a guy over in rural Kentucky that's 
that uh, claimed to be the first two. Do you remember him? No, I don't. Uh, he had a different way of doing it, a different uh, different from everybody else. Uh huh. Engineering that went into it. Uh, absolutely, I can't remember. This is true now. You're not you're not joshing, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I really am. This this guy was. Uh, you, you just you deadpan everything. <laughs> how come you get away with it? <laughs> Uh, did you do your homework and find out what a sidekick is? Oh, I did not. Oh, gosh, I need to start writing this stuff down. Did you? No, I didn't. I, I don't know where to look. <laughs> well, you two just talk, and I'll get out here and see what I can do. Well, all right, hold on. I've got a really nifty-difty, handy-dandy little thing that gives me word origins occasionally. Hold on. One of these little widgets on the desk. Uh-huh. Uh, no, one who has less authority than that person, the person's assistant or close associate. We want the word origin of it, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, sounds Australian to me. Well, let's see here. <laughs> that does sound pretty good. It'd be a sidekick. I can see where that came from, yeah. Yeah, you've, um... You really wanted it to be something flung over somebody's shoulder here. All right, let's see if we've got the origin of this. First known use of sidekick was in 1906. Movie heroes invariably had a sidekick. We know that. <laughs> Let me see. Got to go to another dictionary here. You guys keep talking. I'm, I'm just doing my thing here. You got him to say you kicked him in the side. <laughs> I don't think well, so. Well, so, I mean, it's a sidekick, somebody that walks along the side of you. No, it just says companion. Unlimited talk, text. Um, gee, this is really frustrating because I've got a couple. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe this one will do it. Nope. Steve Allen said the young whippersnapper couldn't even snap his whipper. Woo! <laughs> you are exactly right. This is getting frustrating because I have a couple of dictionaries, maybe this one is it, that I use periodically that give, always give the roots or the origins, and maybe this is one of them, the origin, 1900 to 1905, it's an Americanism, uh -huh. and it, that's all it says. <laughs> we knew that. A close friend, a confederate, or assistant, related words for sidekick would be a brother, a buddy, a chum. Um, it's just an Americanism, it says. It's an American word. Hmm. Let's see what else. Oh, here we go. Word origin and history. Companion or close associate. In 1906, shortened from side kicker from a 1903 O. Henry story. How about that? Hmm. It's an abbreviated uh, or a shortened version of a word that O. Henry wrote about. American English of unknown origin. Earlier terms were side pal and side partner. From those are from the late 1800s. So it, it originated with an O. Henry story, but it doesn't say which story. Huh. Sorry. Or the amount of life was there, you know, to, to comment on that. Say what? Say hardly a man alive. <laughs> Can remember this day. <laughs> Oh, can you say the rest of that poem? Can, can what? Can you say the rest of, of what that came from? Can you recite it? 
No. No. Can you? On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who can remember that famous day and year. That's all I remember. Wow, you're good, Patricia. That would have been Paul Revere's ride. Very good. Yeah. Did I do good? You've done it. Very, very good. Do I get a CD or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. I put something in an envelope to you today. I thought, well... I'm not going to get mine back from you for a while, so we'll try a second one and see if we can get a second one going in the system here. But I can put something extra in the envelope. What would you like? Um, well, in defense of myself, the, what I was going to send you is what I was going to play tonight. Oh. That's as soon as we get off, and I will get that out to you, because there's a lot of stuff on there. It starts with uh, the very first glimmer of radio with those, uh, when, when was it, uh, Baldwin with the election returns from... Oh, yeah, uh, KDKA 1920. Yeah, 1920, and then it goes all the way forward to the present time, or at least up to 95. Wow. Oh, very cool. Wow. Very cool. Good thing. And, very good. Uh, I put a surprise in your envelope for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, last week I told you I would send you the golden age of radio interviews. Uh-huh. So that's in there, and your Green Hornet is in the envelope. This is, honest to goodness, it's got stamps on it. I'm getting closer and closer to the post office <laughs> here. So I, I put an extra one in there that I thought you would enjoy. So that's, that's a goodie. But um, in, the, uh, in the history department, I know you like history, but it's, it, you usually like um, radio history, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Do you have um, vintage commercials? Do I have some? Pardon? Do I have some or do I want some? You want some. Oh, yeah, I, I sure do. Yeah, because I could use those um, if I ever did the Flashback Express again. You remember, I, I would always play a, a commercial from our imaginary sponsor. <laughs> oh. not, but anyway, that I, I would use a antiquated commercial, you know, from elevated shoes to mustache wax or whatever I could find. I don't remember that. I am such a newcomer to this. I miss that. Oh, wow. I also have uh, World War II PSAs. Mm, yeah. Yeah? You like that? I do. I, cool. I don't understand when they, they talk about the rationing and stuff that, that went went along with it. I, the only thing I remember is my mother uh, coloring the what passed for butter in those days. And if you didn't color it, it looked like lard. Wow. A little packet of uh, coloring that you'd, she would sprinkle in it and then fold it into it, and then it looked exactly like butter. And it looked like butter. I, it probably was lard. What what went into this stuff? I I don't know. It came uh, that way. You, all you had to do was add color. I, right. Was, it wasn't too appetizing. Apparently the dairy industry managed to keep the coloring out of margarine for a very long time because they didn't, they felt, you know, it was a competitor to butter, and of course it was but they didn't want it to look like butter either, so you had to mix your own. But I don't know what was actually in the substance that you put the yellow stuff in. Do you know what it was? I mean, it wasn't butter fat, so, and it must have been vegetable fat of some kind. Yeah, I bet so. Some of these people listening around the world will know, and I'll get out of the way so they can call. Somebody, somebody will know the answers. Inquiring yes. minds want to know. The smartest audience in the, the world. We do. We've got the smartest audience in the world. You are not kidding. Our people are so smart. Our family is the smartest ever. No joke. 
You, you got it. Yeah. Talking with you kids, and we'll... Hey, you call back when you've got something booted up for us? Yeah, I'll, I'll queue up something and uh, give a little time go by, and I'll be back. Sounds ever, great, Nolan. Ever so good. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There he goes. Happy trails to you, too. Happy trails. 714-545-2071. You'd like to hit the road with Patricia Walden. You're welcome to join the show. Join the show. Well, I've got my three questions that relate to Teeny's kitty under the porch. Mm -hmm. All right. Teeny lost her kitty under the porch. Fibber helped her <laughs> lose the kitty. And I thought that was pretty creative of... Um, of Fibber to find a way to get the kitty out, and that's one of my questions. So, my questions for tonight, what was the name of Teeny's cat? Teeny gave the kitty a name. What was the name of Teeny's cat? And she mentioned her dog. What was the name of Teeny's dog? And the third one is, what did Fibber say to Dot Damble that made Dot want to crawl under the porch and get the cat? And I thought that was a pretty creative approach. 714-545-2071. Teeny's cat's name, Teeny's dog's name, and what did Fibber say to Doc that made Doc crawl under the porch to get the cat? Good, good, good deal. Good, We've got trivia good, questions good. out there, and I've got stuff from 1947. Are you ready? Yes. What do you know about 1947? Way before you and I were even on the planet. Oh, I hope to tell you. Do you know a lot of stuff here? I bet we'd have somebody with the answer. Hello there. Hi. Hey. Did I know it was you, Madam President? <laughs> <laughs> president Lucy from New York is president of the fan club that she started, so she gets to be called Madam President. Welcome, Madam President. Good evening, my fellow Americans. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't hijack the whole show because she really was a fun and strong character. 
written into that show. But, boy, I sure do have fun when Teenie's on. Oh, yeah. Usually it's just a quick walk on, hello, goodbye, what you doing, I'm hungry, and toodaloo. <laughs> it's, of course, gets super going on something. <laughs> so how is, I, I hear the weather by you was very well. Oh, it's fine. We're doing fine. Everybody else is getting our stuff. Oh, my ark is up and ready to float away. And Oh, boy. Oh, it's going to take, a, it, and we're supposed to get hit with more nasty weather come Monday. Really? Where is it coming from here, of course? And it's coming out from a storm that was supposed to blow out to sea, but instead has turned around, and now it's coming right at us again. And I'm like, oh, I'm all waterlogged. Wow. And I, I have to admit, I have not been very good. Boy, there were a couple of years there. I would get up in the morning, I'd look at the headlines and check the tropical weather. But I haven't been doing that, so let's see what's happening to you. Oh, you got the other stuff, didn't you? <laughs> we've, got, we've got one chugging our way, but uh, it's not doing much right now. Yeah. But you've got all the weather fronts up there, and it's been brutal. It it's really has been brutal. brutal up there. Yeah, it, it, like I said, we're waterlogged up here, and and it's just like um, my, my husband went out today, and he had to siphon out all the water from the top of the cover of the pool because the... Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the cover was now starting to go into the pool, and it was like, oh, my gosh, hurry up and get out there and get the water out. And um, I'll tell you, it was like a circus with him out back there. <laughs> then he finished putting the outside decorations up for Halloween, so we've got a nine-foot pumpkin <laughs> blown up. We've got a ghost coming out of a grave. Uh, out of a grave. We've got another pumpkin with a witch's hat. We've got Tigger as Dracula with spiders coming down his hands. I mean, we've, oh my gosh, the things that we do. Warm and fuzzy and entered. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. When you said decorations, I thought Christmas. I mean, when I hear the word decorations, I think Christmas. And I thought another one like Walden, he'd have it 12 months a year if he could. Oh, that's how I am with Halloween. But you're doing Halloween. You are a Halloween person. Well, I have something really special. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's really good. And I thought, this is perfect. I know where this needs a home. There are some shows out there, uh, and apparently there aren't a lot of them. At least I didn't come across a lot of them, huge collections. So I did kind of a potpourri with various stories. So I've got... A whole CD worth of goodies that include Murder at Midnight, Spine Chillers, Hall of Fantasy, Traveler, Vanishing Point, and Weird Circle. Cool. See, you know just what I like. Yeah. I thought that sounded pretty good. So instead of a whole bunch of um, just little itty-bitty folders, because they're all marked very well, I have this under the, <laughs> the classy title of Various horror. Wonderful. Oh, that's yours. We will make a various horror for Lucy in New York. I think it'll be fun. I listened to a couple of them. You've actually got me listening to these things. But you know what? There's, like, all right, everybody has a different level of horror that they can take. The, the gorier, the more dramatic and guttier it is, the more I love it. I know that. 
I, I can't help it. Are some in the Quiet Please series that are a little bit past my tolerance. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is not my first choice of shows to listen to, but some of them are really done very well, and some of them are so bad they're fun, which is in your envelope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I truly appreciate it. And you, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, carnivals and rides yes. and things. Well, being a Jersey girl, you spent your summers down the Jersey Shore, Seaside Heights, Asbury Park, Cape May, uh, Wildwood, Ocean City, and boy, I'll tell you, I was a beach baby, and we lived there all summer long from the day we got out of school till a week prior to Labor Day, because this way we'd get home go do our shopping for our new school clothes and supplies and everything. And then, you know, we didn't have all the other people to deal with because everyone usually did it last minute. Oh, my gosh, the kids are going back to school. We need supplies and clothes and shoes and winter coats and blah, blah, blah. But, and the faster the ride, the more dangerous the ride, the more I loved it. Why doesn't that surprise me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I'm serious. Are you a guest? Of, um, would you hop on a motorcycle or? Um, it. Huh? I, I had a lot. There were more boy cousins in my family than girl cousins. Yeah. And uh, the, a bulk of them rode motorcycles, and I didn't think twice about hopping on the back. Hmm. Didn't think twice. I mean, you know, I grew up a tomboy, you know. I Instead of being picked last because I was a girl, I was picked first because I could hit that ball, I could throw that ball, and I could catch that ball. <laughs> so you would go on a merry-go-round, not a merry-go-round, a Ferris wheel with Walden, right? It would be on a Ferris wheel. I was on the gravity wheel that the floor dropped out and you were stuck to the side like glue. Um, I was on the Himalaya. You name it, I was on it. You couldn't keep me off of them. That's probably what ruined my neck. What is a Himalaya and where is it? Okay, down, at, down the Jersey Shore, there were two main attraction rides that they had. One was called the Himalaya, the other was called the Swiss Bob. Both of them did the same thing. They were circular, you were on a track and in a bucket, and this sucker flew. And you never were in the center where you started. You were always hunched up in the corner of the bucket hanging on for dear life because gravity was pulling you a whole different way. And it was where they played the top songs of the week on from the radio stations, but they were playing them on the 45s and on the albums, and they had a DJ playing the record, and he would say, do you want to go faster? And, of course, everyone's screaming, yeah. Do you really want to go faster? Yeah. You're riding the Swiss Bob. And then they would, you'd fly, and this thing would really take off. Then all of a sudden you'd stop, 
and now you'd go backwards. Oh, it was just the greatest thing. <laughs> when Walden would get along fine, <laughs> I'll be on the ground waiting, okay? <laughs> Are you kidding? I want to do the, they have this ride at Seaside Heights where they sh that you sit in this seat and they pull it back like a slingshot. <laughs> okay, and I am dying to go out. Now, you know my aches and pains. You know my back problems, my neck problems, my spine problems. Can you picture? I, it would be the ultimate death. Just sling me out there and let me go. <laughs> and you would go out saying, what a way to go. Absolutely, but my husband refuses. He says, your ride days are over. You're not, there's no way I'm letting you get on that thing. And I beg, please let me go. It was like talking to my father. Please let me go on the ride. Would you please pass on to your husband my, my deep appreciation for common sense? <laughs> well, my common sense went out the window when I was a kid, once I started going on those rides. Gee willikers. And my son is exactly like me. He'll be 33 the day after Halloween. And I'll tell you, he, as a kid, I taught him, don't be afraid. Always be open-minded. Try it once, at least once. If you don't like it, then you can say, I don't like it. But don't say you don't like it if you've never tried it. And he was just like me. Get on those rides. <laughs> Let's go. And then, of course, you're a New Yorker uh -huh. at Palisades Park. Uh-huh. You had Freedom Land. That's been closed. At Palis when did Palisades Park close oh, down? gosh. Palisades closed 1970 or 71, I believe it was. Wow. That was a great place to go to as well. And then you had Freedom Land. And you had Rye Beach, and you had Coney Island, you know. Is Coney Island still there? They, unfortunately, Coney Island got taken down, um, not this past summer, the previous summer at the end of the season. And uh, this year they had a couple things opened, and they were supposed to rebuild and do this and that, but a lot of the deals fell through, so... So there's no more Coney Island? It's basically gone. Did they bring back anything about Palisades Park? There's an awful lot of information about Palisades Park on the Internet. Um, it, is that gone forever? There's nothing left? There's been nothing gone. Once they took it down, they took it down. They have a, um, they have a, uh, a boulder with uh, an engraving on it about this was the site of Palisades Park and from when it opened to when it closed, and I'll tell you, it. I'm, like I said, growing up with all these things, you know, you miss these things. Those are part of our, our heritage, I guess, you know, and Asbury Park at one time used to be the place to go if you didn't want to fight the traffic going all the way to Seaside Heights, and then that went to Seed, then Michael Jackson bought it up. He never did anything with it. And now Asbury Park has been taken over and reinvented. If you go online, you go to asburypark.com, and 
you could see all that they've re renovated and renewed, and it, it's really coming back nicely. That's encouraging. It is. It, it, you know, it. I want. I want Palisades Park. I mean, it looked like such a nifty thing. They had. Um, did you ever ride to any of the rides at Palisades Park? Oh yes. What was the best one? The roller coaster. The roller coaster. There was, um, and I was very. I was a very little girl, and I cannot remember whether it was Freedomland or Palisades Park that had a sort of flying saucer-shaped building that you walked up a plank and you went in, and it was round on the inside as well, and dead center was a DJ. <laughs> there was a bar going around the DJ that you couldn't go to touch him or anything, but you could stand up against this bar and, you know, listen to him. And they would hand out records 45s after 45 after 45, I would walk out with piles of them and not one duplicate in the pile. So what did they get out of it? When giving away records like that, who supported it? Who came out ahead? Well, I would, like I said, I was very, very young, so I do not recall who the DJ was. I, I do. All I remember is going inside and every time I came out, I came out with a pile of records. And they would just distribute these records to anyone who would put their hand out. I went home with a lot of 45s. Well, then who would have benefited from something like that? The record companies. How? Uh, well, it would probably... Some of them, it depends on what Lucy maybe can check. Some of them might have been one, so one side on both sides. Of, of an artist album, it could be it could be a, a like the same song on both sides. Uh huh. Sometimes they did that. And that would encourage you to maybe maybe to buy the real thing. Yep. I'll tell you one thing. There, I oh. still have a couple of them, and they state on them uh, not for sale. They're they're they were for DJs mm -hmm. only. They were promotional use only. Yeah. Well, also think of it this way, Patricia. Um. What do record labels, who do they need to make sure they keep happy? The DJs. The DJs play their song. Sure. And I mean, back in those was, days. That was the, a big payola thing. Right. And back in those days, DJs uh, weren't stuck with a, a list. They had more power on what got on the air um, in those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they were going to go to promotional record. It made them look good if they got a whole back, a whole stuff of goodies to give away. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just guessing on this point, but that'd be my first, my first guess. Yeah, I would, I would, I would tend to say that you're mm -hmm. uh, basically on the money with that, because there, in my eyes, there'd be no other reason to pass them out except to promote, you know, I mean, record companies probably gave them cases upon cases I rem and out. I remember in the 70s, Patricia, uh, country station telling Kelly, if you just write in, they sent you a sample of an artist's album. Uh -huh. So it wasn't uncommon for radio stations to send out, who knows? 
thousands and thousands. Lucy is talking about the 45s that came out as singles. And I'm thinking she's going home with an armful of records. Why would she bother to show up at a record store to buy anything? Mm -hmm. She already had what she wanted. Yeah, I don't think anyone was really paying attention to this little girl running around in circles getting a, a record every time she went around. <laughs> and I was a very little girl, so... Uh, and also, thank you, but the shelf life in the record industry, Patricia, wasn't very long. No, it but, wasn't. No, so it wasn't giving something that, that probably people were going to... Yeah. For a whole year, maybe, I don't know what a cycle it might have been. Maybe three weeks, maybe a month on a, on a really good song. The, um... The DJs obviously got the records from the record companies. It's possible, I suppose, that the record companies didn't know what the DJs were doing with them. Well, I would tend to agree with you there, Patricia. You know, DJs, radios, I don't think it was just DJs that were getting them. I would tend to believe that radio stations themselves would get a box with maybe 12 or 24 of the same 45 in it, and they would have promotions. Because I remember, even as a very little girl, I would be dialing New York, and here we lived in Linden, New Jersey, and I was dialing in to WABC or WMCA, or even as far as WFIL and out of Pennsylvania, to win records. How much did it cost to make a phone call? Oh, I can't tell you how many times I got screamed at. No, seriously, do you do you know how how much your parents spent on a phone call to New York City? No, I I really don't. All I know is when they got the bill, it was, if you don't stay off the phone and stop calling these radio stations, I'm going to kill you. You know what it costs us, and I was like, no. They would they would have done better to buy you the records. Well, you know, it got to a point where my stepmother joined Columbia Record Club, and every time she would purchase an album, she would get a certificate that she could get another album for a quarter. And what she ended up doing was she would get a couple of them, and then she would give me the catalog and say, what one would you like? And I still have them, you know, because I took care of my records and my my albums and things. But that's how she ended up playing that. When, and then, of course, if it was a New Jersey radio station, like out of Hackensack, that didn't cost anything. You know, that was okay. Yeah. But she was just against me making the phone calls out to 212 and sure. Sure. else, you know. I'll ever know 
the thing to myself What a wonderful world Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful why they give out CDs to meet people like me. Beautiful. And that is Johnny Mathis' latest album, everybody. My goodness. And got a note here. It says, you want more copies? Let us know. I think I might just uh, give... We want more copies. Uh-huh. I just think I might give them a call and say, hey, our listeners might want some of these copies to give away, so... Oh, my goodness. They've done that in the past. They generally send me at least 10 or so. If you would pass one of them into the auction, it would be dynamite. Uh-huh. But I'm just thinking about our little family, too. Uh-huh. Wow. How, how, I, this is, it just blows me away that he has such, how old is he? We'll start with that. Well, he started his career, his first big hit was 1957. Uh-huh. He was in his 20s then. So you're talking 53 years going strong. So I say minimum of 75. Oh, he's he's at least in his 70s, yeah. and he's still performing. Yep. Wow. Yep. So there's Johnny Mathis' latest album just released this week, and that's. And I just thought, well, I better do that as a thank you gift. Put it on. So there you go, everybody. Super. V- very nice. Absolutely wonderful. Just wonderful. Anyway. I was going to tell you, um, let me see, here it is. Here we go, auction item. Um, I was going to tell people how the auction works. We're asking for, um, I was going to say gifts, and it's not gifts, items for the auction. Boy, you know, I'm losing words this week. They've just taken a vacation without me. Well, I guess you just, I guess they said, Patricia, you're okay. We don't need to be with you. The words say, or on vacation. That's right. We're we're taking our dictionary and going home. (laughs) That's cute. But you've asked people, and I've asked people to um, keep their eyes out for items that can be turned in for the auction. And the way the auction works, um, Kim Bragg, who is Bill Bragg's wife, Bill is the owner of the station, the owner, operator, every other name that you can put on uh, somebody who started, founder, how many other words can we use, Walden? CEO, president, chairman of the oh. board. <laughs> he is the big person at the The city. big enchilada, the big tech, the big, the big. doggy. The big. The big. The big. So, 
Kim takes everything that comes in for the auction and she clusters them into groups. So she might take um, a mystery CD from me and a mystery book from Walden and something that has to do with mysteries or detectives from some other place. And we'll cluster these together in um, bundles. And the bundles are uh, go up for auction. Each one is numbered. Each one has um, a group number. And Bill describes the items as they come up for for auction. Each one is numbered. They're in sequence. He takes everything in sequence. So if you see something, oh, number 23 is something that you'd really be interested in bidding on, you know about when it's coming up. So you tune in, listen to the descriptions. You can call in bids. Call in, let them know you want to bid $5, you want to bid $7, whatever you want to bid on the item. And um, you can keep doing that until the item is sold. And he goes, going, going, gone. There's a buzzer that, that uh, is set. When the buzzer goes off, the item is gone. So it really is a fun day. You can get into the chat room. Uh, people who make contributions to the station are given passwords, password-protected chat room, which keeps it family-friendly. And um, you can offer bids through the chat room. You type in bids in the chat room, and Mike Handy keeps track of what's going on in the chat room and keeps track of the bids. And um, every lot of items will be auctioned by the end of the day. It starts usually at what time, Walden? Around 4 o'clock Eastern Time, Michelle. About 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and it will run until... 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, until every item is auctioned off and someone has won. The, um, the items, they'll stay there. It doesn't hold over for another day. They just keep on going. Yeah. So that's the way we do it. Uh, and Patricia and I will help out what we can. I already got goodies down there, and so I'm looking for more. So... If you can help out, I would appreciate it. And it'll be a, a, it'd be our Christmas present from you if you would send something down. We'll count that as our Christmas gift for the year, right, Patricia? That's cool by me. Yeah. That's the Sunday after Thanksgiving, yeah. four o'clock Eastern time. Tune into the station, and you will see the auction. And here are the auction. Um, you can see the auction items. They will be posted on the website. Kim will start working on it pretty soon. And as the groupings come together, she posts the information on the website. And we'll give you the address when um, that begins so you'll have an idea of what is going to be up for bids. And choose I, what you want. I, I know Frank Pasheed donated 300 books of his uh, Go to Golden Age, Golden Age of Radio book. Um, so I don't, I don't think all of them be an issue auction. I know I got 400 CDs down there. Wow. Um, you know, so we got, but, but those are items Kim can use for multiple years. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys can help out, just make a homemade CD, a homemade cassette, send it down to Kim Bragg. She'll be delighted. She's, she'll be delighted. She'll be delighted. So. Uh, and that's how we, in a way, we know you care. If we don't have any items, then I guess nobody's listening to us. So, just think of that being sort of a rating point. And if you can't help out, we understand. You know, um, it's times are tough for everybody. 
But if you can spare a couple bucks, you know, and I'm, and I'm not talking big money. If you can spare three, four, five dollars to make some CDs and mail it down, you know, it, it, it could be under two dollars. Mm-hmm. It really could. And with the auction, it's it's interesting. Now there there will be um, Kim ads on postage to the item. So if you get an item for five dollars, Kim will add on postage. So it, it's I mean it's not a five dollar. I'm I'm trying to say this correctly, and I want to make sure that people don't think that um, it, it's you know what what you see is what you get type thing. There is postage added to each winning bid. So every time you get a package from the auction, postage will have been added onto the amount that you bid. But she does her best to try to combine things to save people money. Yeah. 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 So anyhow, there are times when people have walked away with dynamite items for five dollars. And that's that's not a joke. I mean, that's that's for real. I, I have one thing for $5, comp- brand new Radio Spirit $60 box set for $5. Sure. You know. Sure. It, it does um, happen. There there are some pieces of electronic equipment, brand new, and I don't I don't mean, you know, like a soundboard <laughs> that uh, belongs in a radio station, but pieces of electronic equipment, um, really some interesting items. And especially later on in the night, um, if people have have bid and won items that they wanted, sometimes they reach their threshold. So yep. the later you get in the night, sometimes there are some really super bargains that happen late in the auction. I, I mean, that's, occasionally that's what happened to me. I What I do, I go through the list. A bargain one year. <laughs> When I go through the list, I think Patricia probably the same. We circle what we want to bid. And then we look at... Then, when I know things are not happening, and they're really super deal, I, I put something down just to help it out. You know, that happens. And sometimes you win. I mean, it's a total surprise. Yeah. What I do uh, to keep track of this stuff, I go to the website, I copy and paste the entire auction list. Mm-hmm paste it onto a Word document, and then start editing. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll toss out. I, most people know at this point that I'm not a sports uh, freak. I, I just, I'm not a sports person. So if there's anything that has to do with sports, and there's usually something in there that's sport-related, I will take that one off the list. Um, I will take, obviously, the explanations off the list and then um, the instructions and things like that. So when I get finished editing my list, I will have three or four items left, and I know that those are the three or four items that I'm going to bid on. I'm very careful. I don't bid on anything else because I would be there bidding all night long. So I I start out with this, and I promise myself, and I'm very good about it, I stick to the list. And I have a limit on how much I'm allowed to bid, and if I get to the limit, I stop bidding. And pretty often, I've not had to stop bidding. I got what I really wanted. I did, and I got it. So it really is a fun day. Good stuff going on. Yeah, sometimes we bid on our own item that we already donate. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it was one year. <laughs> I thought, well, isn't this silly? I'm going to send something to the auction, and then I'm going to bid on it, and it's going to come back to me, and the post office is the big winner. Because I was going to bid on it until 
I got it. And I thought, why don't you just keep it and send the money? <laughs> but that wouldn't have been nearly as much fun because other people wouldn't have been able to bid on it. And it's entirely possible I would have gotten outbid on it. So, But I did think about that. Uh-huh. Really, really wanted what I sent in. Well. I thought it was I was being a really good doobie by sending it. <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to keep it. Nope, you got it for the auction. You have to send it. So I did. Oh. And, hey, let's see here. What a good site for people to go look for bargains. For you, bargains? You, yeah, you're a bargain shopper. You always look I for am, a good deal on CDs and things. I Do am any, a bargain shopper. Are there any recommendations? Are there something out on the web, that uh, a site that you like, that people should go look at? Oh, my goodness. Um, What what are we sending them to? Anything. Whatever strikes your little heart. What, what, your little fancy heart. I am a very good shopper when <laughs> <laughs> I need something, but I usually don't go back to sites. Let me think. That's a great question. That is a great question. I don't typically have, let me see if I put things aside here. <laughs> On my bookmarks, I got bookmarks all over the place. Um, gee whiz, there, there is one place that I do go for old time radio shows. Mm -hmm. If I want something unusual, it's called spinsmart.com, S-P-I-N-S-M-A-R-T.com. And they've got some really, let me make sure that that thing's still active because I haven't been there for a while. But they've got some really interesting old-time radio CDs. Uh, we are temporarily on hiatus. Never mind. <laughs> well, now, if you want to look for books, is Albert's probably your best choice of get, getting a good bargain? If which? Uh, Al, Albert's the book that you got your nail off. Oh, Albert's. Yeah. Um, I have only ordered from them one time. I okay. Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble has a really nifty place where sellers come in and, you know, it's, it's, it's not the Barnes & Noble store itself. They're right. second, uh, the third second hand. Sellers. And you can buy new books. You can buy books that are in excellent condition, and they might as well be new. Mm -hmm. And you get them at really good prices. So those are, are great items to think about. Um, How about a good place for CDs, blank CDs? Blank CDs. Um, I'll have to tell you where I got it. Hold on, because I, I get from two different places. Okay. I think this one is Super Media. Um, one of them is... I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go away. I should find you know, I'll have to plug some of our, our old-time radio dealers. You know, if you want to go to Don Acton, and that's a good reminder. Don is very generous donating to the auction. Uh -huh. But he has to be reminded. So somebody called Don Aston at 1-800, no, 1-88-33-ADPRO saying I want to order an item for the auction. And then he'll load up that box with, with a bunch of goodies that he'll donate. He just need to be reminded. So I'm you know, not sure I followed that, but that's okay. Well, in other words, Don, I think Don has a tendency to forget when the auction is. Uh-huh. And because he's busy traveling. So when somebody orders, call, I want something sent to Yesterday USA for the auction, that will clue him in. Oh, and then he'll they'll load up the box mm -hmm. with a bunch of freebies for the station. 
okay. Yeah. Get the help out. So, am I supposed to call him? Nope. I just want somebody out there to remind him. That's all. Why? You know? I'll be happy to do that if nobody else does. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We've got free downloads, free old-time radio downloads from SpinSmart. What do you know? You never know. Well, this is really very peculiar. Um, you can buy Batwoman. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to play around with this. Um, the SpinSmart people have been very, very good. They're, they're just very nice people to deal with. And they've made some contributions to the auction periodically. Is that the company that you bought those DVDs from years ago? Uh-huh. Ah. Sure did. Very and nice. I, get, I usually get one or two every year for mm -hmm. the auction. Uh, last year, there was something that had to go. What did Kim need? She was putting together a Christmas, a Christmas package, and mm -hmm. I found some CDs with Christmas cards. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, that you could print out on your own, on your yeah. on your own computer, and you yeah. mix and match and do things like that. And uh, the cartoon voices, the cartoons. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cartoons. Uh, you know, the comics, the, the uh -huh. um, Sunday comics that yep. were read. Yep. yep. Um, they were narrated, I guess is the best word. So there were quite a few things that I bought through them because they're... And they did such a great job, and it was so nice of them to contribute to the auction. <laughs> now their site isn't operating. Uh, what do they call you, Arma Patricia? Walden, Patricia, this is Ray. Ray, you awake? Ray, it's in the middle of the night for you. It's so good to hear from you. Yeah, I, uh, I just got in. It's pretty late here. Wow. Um, you're, almost keeping, I, I, you're almost keeping Patricia hours. That's amazing. Ooh. <laughs> well, no, Patricia's on an hour later, her time. I, <laughs> It's only 1 o'clock where you are, yes? Yeah, I... <laughs> oh, it's not that late at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did uh, jump online, and um, I heard you talking about the auction. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when is it going to start? It is the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is the 28th of November, and it starts 4 o'clock Eastern Time. And it, it usually, you know, takes a few minutes to, to crunch up. But there will be information on the website at yesterdayusa.com as uh, Kim develops it. It's, um, it's a nifty deal. Have you ever listened to the auction before? Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, each year I try to uh, jump in there. And uh, uh, for the last couple of years, two or three years, I, I, I don't recall. That's kind of my time to get all those great bargains and support the station, you know. So you, have you won items? Have you been on uh, one? I, uh, I got about, I think last year, maybe $125 worth of stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of my bids were beaten. I, I think there was a Red Ryder rifle I was trying to get last year. Yes, there was. You know what? There can be one this year. Aha. Uh -huh. So. You know, Walden, I actually have one yeah, yeah. in the trunk of my car. So you go around shooting, shooting 
No, I don't shoot anything. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what I did about oh. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to some kind of a sale in Wisconsin in an old barn, and uh, I bought one that was all, you know, broken and in disrepair mm-hmm. for 15 or $20 with the thought of, you know, sending it to uh, the Red Rider folks. I think they're in Arkansas. Yeah, they're in Arkansas. Yeah. The Daisy Red Rider BB gun company. Yeah, I was, I was thinking maybe they could fix it. Mm-hmm. Now, I told you I bought it eight, nine, ten years ago. I don't know for sure, yeah. but I completely forgot it again. Each year I remember, but I always forget to do it um, because it's in the back of the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it amazes me. I got to make notes of my notes, you know. If you ever get hit with a traffic stop, how are you going to explain this? You know something? Uh, I don't get stopped. Mm. I'm the guy you see on the highway that you swear at because <laughs> I do the limit. <laughs> if it's why you 55, would be I do 55. You know, and while everybody passes me by going 100 miles an hour or so. But uh, I save a lot of gas, and I take my time. I smell the roses along the way, so um, I'm, I'm in no hurry to do anything, <laughs> as ev- evidenced by my BB rifle. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, Ray, somebody in uniform is going to say, Nobody obeys the law. We better pull this guy over. Oops. <laughs> you know, in fact, they have a museum down there. Where? Down in Arkansas with the BB, oh. the BB gun, the Red Rider, the Daisy uh, Red Rider BB gun company have put together a museum. Well, you know, some years back when I was traveling for a living, I used to go to Rogers, Arkansas. I think that's where they're located. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I had a customer there. I don't know if it was Red Rider, although I, I did sell trade paper advertising uh, for sporting goods, and maybe that's uh, maybe I did call on them. It's hard to remember. This goes back a few years, um, but I, I thought of calling them, and I'm going to do it Monday. I'm going to write another note uh, on my notes. You know, I have a stack of notes about six inches. And uh, I do peruse them from time to time. The sign of success is a wall covered with sticky notes. <laughs> yeah, I tried that, but the notes would just be up there so long they started falling off. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm an orderly disorderly. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to get stopped, Ray. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's Seriously. The, um, the 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 Red Rider rifle is in my trunk, uh-huh. but it's behind a golf bag, uh, my gym bag, um, miscellaneous golf clubs. Oh, that's even worse now. They're going to know that you were trying to hide it. Ah, yeah. You have to have a devious mind. Yeah, I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. So, um, oh, what else is going on there? What did I miss tonight? Oh, you missed everything. What? Oh, uh, uh, you missed the topic of the night. You, you've got to have a couple of stories of, of the, the topic of the night. 
Yes, you've got to have a couple of stories for the topic of the night. The All theme, right, what's the topic? The theme for tonight, sir, is amusement parks, fairs, parades. What else do we have here? Um, amusement park carnivals. What the street fairs? Did you ever go to a street fair? Yeah, um, I've done that, but I, I'll give you one better. Here, right here in Chicago, for uh -huh. many, many years, we had something called Riverview. Okay. Did you ever hear of it? Um, an awful lot of places have a Riverview. Tell me what it's... Well, Riverview was, in my eyes, as a young man or a boy, was like Disneyland. Oh, okay. I mean, it was humongous. In reality, it was maybe... Oh, a couple of city blocks, you know. Mm -hmm. So if a city block is five acres, maybe it was 10 or 15 acres. And it had everything you could think of. It had all the rides. It had, uh, I mean, it was just a marvelous thing. And it lasted uh, for, for a number of years. In fact, uh, you should look it up on the Internet. I think it was called Riverview Park. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it had everything. It was, it was, to, as I say, it was, it was massive to my eyes. Uh, they had a parachute ride, you know. Oh, my. You up there, you know, and you go so high in the air. I, I never quite made that one. Uh, they had the bobs. Um, which what is that? The bobs were uh, those little trains that would go up and down. Uh, oh, okay. What do they call those again? You know those trains they go on the rail up and high and down and oh the um, roller coaster roller coaster yeah yeah we, we called them the bobs no I kidding where did that name come ones. from it wasn't very adventurous in that kind of way uh, as a youngster you know I was w more you know watching you know I'd like to watch mm -hmm. and uh, but the the things that were close to the ground I I liked you know. You and I are going to get along just fine at an amusement park. We're going to leave Walden <laughs> out on the side. I was real big on terra firma. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> you know, people talk about doing all of these exciting things. I tell them I'll be the welcome home committee. Here, here. I'll join. Oh, see? That's good. Walden was talking about people not wanting to go on a Ferris wheel with him because he rocks and rolls with the... Um, oh, no. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story now, uh, another story. We had something here called Kitty Land. Okay. And unfortunately, now that park was around, I brought my daughter there many years ago. Well, a few years back, I brought my grandson, and they had like a miniature Ferris wheel, but it used to rock and roll. And um, I went around for one complete turn, <laughs> and then I told the, uh, the operator, stop this thing and let me out, because I didn't like the rock and roll. <laughs> well, you and I will just stand at the bottom and wait for here. to come back down. That's, that's cool by me. Yeah, but that river view was really something. I mean, it was an amusement park of uh, just, it was something to see. You've got to look it up. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Felt bad when it came apart. Now, I'll tell you another story. Um, I used to travel to um, Anaheim a lot. Mm -hmm. I stayed in Disneyland Hotel there. 
And uh, I remember I even had a Disney watch, Mickey Mouse watch at that time. And when I used to check in, I used to show the uh, people there and I say, do I get a discount for wearing my Mickey Mouse watch? <laughs> now, I went there every year, seven, eight, nine years. I never went to the park, though. So one year I decided to do it. And that was fun. You know, I kind of enjoyed that, you know. What did you do? Well, I remember going on a little submarine. You actually, I think, it, it submerged. Um, and, and, and a few nice rides, you know, nothing gigantic or anything like that. And then walked and talked and, you know, um, it was a nice experience. Um, but that was the first and only time I ever did that. Did you ever go to a county or a state fair? Yeah, we have one uh, in Wisconsin every year that's pretty neat. And they get some, you know, I'm a city boy, but, uh, um, you know, you get to see cows and pigs and rabbits and all the things we don't see in the city. And horses, big horses, I, I, I recall, just impressive big horses, big. I never knew a horse was so big, you know. Um, and they're beautiful rabbits, you know, with funny-looking rabbits. That really? Unique-looking unique rabbits, you know. Uh, stuff like that, you know. I'll tell you a question. I asked a young lady who was tending a cow, and I said to her, you know, I'm a golfer, and every time I come to Wisconsin, if uh, do you know what it means when a cow sits down? or lays down on the ground. Do you know Walden or your uh, position? No, nope. I'm, I'm a city kid. I don't know. Right. When, a, when a cow lays, or, or they actually, they don't lie down on their sides. They, they kind of scrunch down and sit. Yeah. You know what that means? It's going to rain. Yes. Here, here. What a garage. Wow. Am I good or what? Wow. <laughs> oh, I love this. Somebody asked me a question I could answer. This is great. Now, how did you know that? Um, I guess from when I was a kid. Isn't that something? Now, I asked that gal, and she didn't know. See, and she was with cows. Yeah, well, you know, like a 4-H girl, <laughs> and there were other kids. And Why? Asked, oh, the world needs curious. me, Ray. And I'll tell you, it works. Now, you, you I've mentioned that I play golf. Uh-huh. And uh, whenever I ride up to Wisconsin on the weekend, I'm always looking at the cows. And if I see like 10% of the cows laying down, mm -hmm. it might be just kind of a, a little rain that day. Uh-huh. You know, so that that's a pretty good gauge for the weather. If you look at them, they're probably all facing the same direction, too. Now, I didn't uh, I didn't notice that. So that, that's your assignment. You have to look at the cows. <laughs> if they're facing north, that means it's going to rain from the north or something, right? I, yeah, something like that. Oh, no, from the south. Because they if, yeah, if, have their back ends to the rain. That's exactly it. How's that? Huh? Good that's, guess, right? That's, that's exactly it. But they're probably all facing in the same direction. Hmm. How about that? Well, maybe they are. I didn't notice. I'll have to look. Pelicans dive in the same direction. Hmm. <laughs> I'll have to get... Has anybody been watching the Ryder Cup series? No. It's this weekend. Now, you know I wouldn't do that. How is it going? Where is it? In England. 
the team is up, but the individual play today didn't go real well. But it was called for darkness, so. And they're, no kidding. They got six game. They got six, six. What I guess round two complete, and they're all down in all six rounds. So. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, still close. We're uh-huh. in the hunt. It, it's really nice to watch because I like golf. Have you ever been to a professional golf tournament, Ray? Yeah, I used to go to quite a few years back, and I, I hope to start that up again mm-hmm. for my uh, my grandson, who's a really exceptional golfer at 14. And um, uh, because it was so stimulating and uh, exciting for me as mm-hmm. uh, you know as a 20 year old, so. I thought he would probably get that same enthusiasm if he went to one. What 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 can you tell us the professional golfers have that a really 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 great golfer probably doesn't have? Is it the short game? Is that what separates everybody? Well, you 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 know what it is mm-hmm. today. There's so many great golfers that I, I believe. Now this is really interesting. That's a good question, mm-hmm. Walden. If you ever looked at the results of a golf tournament, the guy who won on top, and then look at the person who came in last, more often than not, the person who came in last will have at least one round as good as the guy who finished on top. Right. Mm -hmm. So it all becomes a mental uh, game at this point. Mm -hmm. Now here we have Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers of my lifetime, Mm -hmm. and he's he's a mess. Mm Uh, he, you know, I mean, he's playing, he's still playing great golf, but he's not playing to the potential that he has. Right. Um, he doesn't have the ability to close off what is going on in the rest of his life anymore. Yeah. So, and he'll adjust to that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big adjustment. Come on. That's big stuff he went through. Yeah. You know, but, he's um, also getting older, so he's. If he's going to accommodate it, he has to hurry up. Yeah, he'll, but he'll be there. He'll be there. He's, you know, like I say, uh, um, I actually got in on the Hogan era a little bit as a non-golfer, Hogan and Sneed, and then I saw Ernie Palmer. Well, I was thinking, wasn't Big Hogan the one that uh, won the tournament after his uh, car, car accident? Yeah, yeah. Was. that was, they, they thought he would never walk again, yeah. and it was a year and a half later, he won uh, the U.S. Open, I believe. Yeah, that tells you mental toughness there. Oh, it's just tremendous. Mm-hmm. So I, I still enjoy reading about those guys, and thank goodness for YouTube, because they, uh, you know, you could see bits and spurts of what they do, you know. And I'm a traditional type guy, you know, mm-hmm. I like uh, history and all that kind of stuff, so history of whatever, you know, be it golf or America or this or that. Well, our old-time uh, radio programs, yeah. you know, which I dearly love, you know. So uh, did you play any Fibber tonight? We did. We got one down. One to one go. One down. One to go. Ah. And some really decent trivia questions. Trivia questions. Ah, trivia questions. They're not uh, in the Jeopardy caliber yet, are they? <laughs> no, we've done really well, haven't we? Yeah, I got... How many hoofs did a, did a cow have? How many hoofs? I don't know if I want to 
can't go there. No, I don't. I don't think so. You know, Walden gets frisky sometimes. <laughs> he, he loses. Um, I won't say he loses all perspective. I think he gains perspective. Is ah, the problem yeah. is. Okay. Here's well, a, how many stomach do a cow have? Two. There you go. Oh, I would think after chewing their cud and splattering it around. I, I guess, that, yeah, if it's two, I think they they can regurgitate out of one. I guess so, yeah. That's chewing their cud. You'd now, I don't, I, I recall reading that at some point in the distant past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, just like these old-time movies and, and radio programs. Oh, I got to tell you, <laughs> uh, I was by my daughters earlier, and they were... On public broadcasting, they had a uh, a whole program about Jack Benny. Oh yeah. You know the history of Jack Benny. You know, and, and as related by his uh, daughter. Oh my goodness. Now, as I recall, she was an adopted gal. Was that mm -hmm. true? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. And she was just a delightful thing, very articulate. In fact, she had mentioned that she was on the program two or three times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as a young teenager or whatever, she was very, um, very capable, very attractive. You know, I mean. She went to Stanford. She was a mathematician. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Didn't so, know that. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. Very, either. very sharp. And, and, and you know, and she didn't really feel out of place because most of her friends were all adopted. It was very common in Hollywood in the 30s and 40s that a lot of families adopted children. Isn't that something mm -hmm. wonderful? Yeah. Wonderful. You know, well, the program was really enjoyable, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, usually you get together with family and everything, everybody chit-chats and everything. But I was encouraging everybody to watch, you know, in between conversation. I said, oh, look at that and that. And it, it gave uh, some of his earliest programs, and then it's, it, it, it went into his TV years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of remember that. Yeah. So when he first got on TV. Back in the 50s, I guess. Yeah. And he stayed on until about 65 or so. And then he started uh, to do they special. Said. Yeah. And, they, and his daughter said he'd probably still be on it if, mm -hmm. uh, if, he, if he was alive, you know. Because he, of course, Johnny Carson was his biggest, one of his biggest fans. Yeah. Um, and, and took a lot of his mannerisms, you know. So And they had that. They had bits and pieces here and there. It was really nice. I hope they'll show it for you guys at some point. You know. That's the one thing about uh, PBS. They show great programming always during the fundraisers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. One of the recent fundraisers here had the Smothers Brothers, mm. and it was such a wonderful interview with the two of them and clips from their television shows and the history that went into their staying and not staying and renewing and not renewing. My goodness, it, it was it was really... Ugly. I remember when they got that uh, show, I think they were a summer replacement. Uh-huh. And then they were a big hit. I remember uh, the goofier of the two was the Yo-Yo Man. Tommy. His, yeah. Tommy, yeah, he would do his tricks. They worked so well together. I really enjoyed them. And in in a the, the program was good. I was sorry to see they yeah 
they uh, they got off, you know. Well, they're still a lot of fun. Oh, I could imagine. I almost had them on. Every t uh, we had an arrangement for bringing them on, and then uh, something happened with the station, so we had to, uh, had to, you know, cut the interview. But I still have all their contact info, so maybe I could reach. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Well, we we could work on yeah, all this. Yeah. That. What do you say, Ray? You know, this, this, that's a good idea. You know what I'm reading now? I just uh, I found it. I'm still unpacking. I found Chuck Shaden's book of his interviews. Oh, I think it's, yes. And uh, just some great interviews that he's done over the years. You bet. You know, what a delightful book, you know. I just really like this stuff, you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it has, I, it's, it's so entertaining, all these old programs, you know. I just, uh, I just enjoy him so much, you know. It's nice. It keeps us out of the doghouse for a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Patricia, I, I assume the the uh, weather out there is uh, spectacular, probably in the 80s. It is spectacular, and it is in the 80s. Wow, because I, unfortunately, we're starting to get a little cool here. How cool is cool? Uh, well, it was... Uh, Gee, I, I bet you it's in the 30s or 40s right now, and probably in the 50s today, you know. Not warm enough for me to play golf, so, you know, it's getting a little chilly. That, that is not chilly. Yeah. That is winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say it's going to be in the 70s next week, but that's typical Chicago weather, so. That's barely winter. Yeah. Anything, anything under 68 degrees is off the charts. Well, I used to play golf in, in the snow. <laughs> but, uh, not anymore. I had such respect for your common sense. My goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is too much. Okay, when's, when's Fibron? I, I want to see if I could make it through that. Well, um, when it comes up. Walden yeah. doesn't keep a schedule. Uh-uh. No, I have no idea. Patricia can always count on going to bed by 6 in the morning. Oof. I know. He, he does this to me every week. Like. I know. Unbelievable. I don't know how you do it, Patricia. Oh, I, I should tell you this. She just walks one day out a week. The rest of six days she recuperates. So. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> what I did last uh, Saturday, I, I tuned in, um, I'm going to say close to 11 Central Time. And I sat at my, I have a portable computer in uh, Wisconsin, and I sat there, I got the connection and all, and I put my chin in my, uh, in my hands, you know. Yeah. I was cupping them over my uh, computer and actually fell asleep. <laughs> I have done that. I understand. <laughs> and... It's, it's not all that difficult to do, except you have to be exhausted. So we have to come on earlier, or you have to learn how to stay up later. What is the solution here? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on it on the weekends, as you could well tell by now. We're going to have a special show next week. Special show about what? Special show next week. We have a guest who will be with us next week. Have, are, do you recall... 
uh, Have Gun Will Travel, Paladin on television. TV and radio. TV and radio. Well, the person who wrote and sang the ballad of Paladin on that show will be with us. Oh, wonderful. And he is a great deal of fun. He started his major show business career with Gene Autry. Another and one of my favorites. Is he, is he one of your favorites? Yeah, Gene Autry. Oh, wow. All right, that's cool. Um, we'll fix you up with something on Gene Autry. So this is next Saturday? This is next Saturday. Great. And he progressed, um, I, I say progressed, he he. When he finished with Gene Autry, and I think it was like 17 years with Gene Autry, uh, went on the road with Johnny Cash, doing back up with Johnny Cash. And um, I'm going to have to go back and oh. my dates here, but I think he had 30 years on the road with Isn't that something? Johnny Cash. <laughs> he spent 25 years as a DJ, and he is still out there performing. He sounds wonderful. And he's just going to be a dynamite guest next week, so you have to stay with us. Yeah, yeah, no, that's something I would enjoy. You know, I heard uh, a great interview with um, uh, uh, Bill, um, not last week, I think the week before. During the week, I checked in, and mm -hmm. a great interview. I can't remember the fellow's name, though, but he had a new website, and he wrote a book. And the book is called, uh, from one of his hit songs, he was a writer, a songwriter. Oh, oh. Bill and Mike get together, you know, it gets a little old because they, they carry on about nothing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's okay. <laughs> but you know, every now and again, you know, when they have a guest, and Bill uh, does such a great job with mm -hmm. that. You know, I, uh -huh. I, he's almost as good as Walden and uh, Patricia. So at interviewing, so. Uh, oh, we'll have to let him know that. <laughs> I, I said almost. <laughs> We'll have to let him know that. <laughs> this is good. You know, I, I need to ask you, because I try to catch the Friday night show, and I'm always a little late when I get in. Uh -huh. And I hear, uh, um, uh, I heard the interview with Groucho Marx the other day. Yeah. Frank. But is Frank, um, is he yep, Frank is five still, now? Uh-huh. He, he, he yeah. what, what, Frank. um, Frank. Um, live with me for about a short period of time. Uh, he had the ability to go much longer, but uh, he's still um, recuperating from the stroke that he had. So he's doing rehab five times a week, four hours a day, and so we're waiting. We'll wait until he we think is ready for him to go longer. And once once that, we'll start opening the phone line more and more. But uh, I'm pretty much. I heard him a couple of times, and I was just extremely pleased. Yes. To hear him. He sounded so good, and although not his usual. Not his usual, but considering where he was, uh, and I've been spending a lot of time with him, helping him sort through his collection, you know, getting stuff transferred over the last several months. Uh, he and I will sit there and we'll just talk throughout the whole day. So I know he got the whole ability to do it. It's just a matter of when do we want to 
turn him loose because you know he's a, he's like a racehorse. You know, once I turn him loose completely, it's gonna he'll be out of the barn. So I'm trying to keep some. So his health is is coming along. Uh huh. It is. And I um. I I. You know, uh, I'm very pleased considering where he was and everything. I, um, I think he'll get his full speech and his endurance back. I really think that will happen. Yeah, well, so, like I said, I did hear him a couple of times back uh, more than a month or so. Yep, but uh, he's he he looked forward to it. And I think it's really is it's good for him because. Uh, it encourages him to keep working at his speech therapy and all those, all those things that, you know, takes time. And so, uh, you can't keep him off radio. So, you know, been doing it since 1939, you know, way before Patricia and I were born, you know, but, uh, been doing it a long time, so. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah. I'm happy to hear he's coming around. Yeah, he is. Mr. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. I'm going to try to stay up a little bit longer, and uh, but I'm starting to nod again. So, <laughs> are, are you with us enough that I can ask you a question? Sure. You're, you're in the market? That was a yes? Yes. yes. I always yes. like to win. Okay, here we go. Two-part question. Who was the host of You Bet Your Life on radio, and who was the host of You Bet Your Life on television? I think it was the same guy. It sounded like the same guy. It wasn't. Uh, what was his name? I just heard it. You Bet Your Life. I could see him in my mind's eye. What does he look like in your mind's eye? Oh, he he's always well-dressed, dark hair. Well, in black and white TV, yeah. I know. I know which one you're going after. Uh, and uh, I'm going to repeat the question. Who was the host of You Bet Your Life? Oh, Groucho Marx, come on. Oh. <laughs> as soon as you said I can picture him, but I thought... <laughs> that was tricky. I was thinking of the announcer. Uh, I, and I, 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 I know he's struggling with George Fenneman. <laughs> Okay, you got Groucho. This is good. Now, you said you like history, right? Oh, yeah. Any kind of history? Well, as it relates to uh, old-time radio, I guess. As it relates to old-time oh, radio. Oh, how about the interviews that you gave Nolan Kinder last week? I've got loads of stuff. Let's see what we've got here. Um... Hold on. All right. History and radio history. Okay, well, um... Those uh, interviews I'll have to pull out. I can do that. We've got a series of interviews with old-time radio people. I've got Edward R. Murrow. I've got Elmer Davis with World War II. Um, World War II public service announcements. World War II music. That one is dynamite. Um, I remember Edward R. Murrow. He was that show he had on on uh, television was extremely popular. Mm-hmm. I remember him smoking a cigarette. Yeah, right, right. I remember seeing, you know, the movies of him are, I say movies, you know, the film clips of him all over the place, and he always had a cigarette. He was like Oscar Levant, always had a cigarette, yeah. no matter where you... That was his, uh, what do you call it, logo or signature, or, you know, it was uh -huh. part of who he was. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else did I have here with history? 
Well, then help me. What else? Oh, I've got Winston Churchill. I don't know. Do you like Winston Churchill? You have the FDR train. You have Truman's speeches. You have... You know something? What? You, you have misinterpreted my interest in history. My interest is an old-time radio, not history, history. Oh, see? History, history. That's why I'm thinking give him the Dick Burdon, Ed Cork, and the Golden Age radio interviews. I'm not sure that's what he's talking about here. Yeah, okay. Oh, I don't know. I, I do have a set of interviews done with old-time radio people. Is that the kind of history that, one? Or that just... I would like. Okay, that's what I started out with. And I kind of thought it got lost. Okay, that one you've got. Excellent. It's a good one. It's a big one. It'll come on a DVD. Excellent. <laughs> I'll tell you what that I really like, too. I mean, I'll save this for the next time. But I, I really like those radio programs of Groucho Marx. He was really fantastic, wasn't he? Yes, he was. In his second career, if you want to call it that, you know, doing that right. show. Yeah. He would have flop. He would have flop on radio until tape came in. That saved the day. Right, because he he um, these were not live shows that he did. Mm -hmm. Oh. They, what they would do, they would tape it. They would tape and forty-five minutes to an hour, and then John Goodell would edit them down to the thirty minutes. Oh, now, I got you. That way, they allow Groucho to. Uh, to get the best. Of, uh huh. Yeah. Yep. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, so they made it fit, yeah. And you know what? He loved his show. He would go to dinner parties, and then uh, at his house, they have dinner party. And if a show came on, he would sneak out, sneak, sneak out for a half hour to watch his own show. <laughs> would he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so cute. You know, I loved his old movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, with his brothers. They were just so enjoyable. And I loved that harp music that Harpo used to play. We might, we might want to consider getting uh, his nephew on, Patricia, Bill March. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, He's got a book out, and it's up on... Uh, on, on Ben's site. Also, Mark Bill's a professional piano player. Oh. So, uh... Remembered that. Yeah, he, he backs up Herb Jeffries and things down in Palm Springs. So, just an idea. If we want to talk about the March that, Brothers. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. so, that sounds you, you guys should, uh... Well, no, I don't want... I don't want to see you leave this station. Yeah, I, I think I think we're ready to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you think we ought to take ourselves on the road? That's a novel idea. <laughs> How about some of those old programs where, you know, like with um, the old interviews with, uh, like, Fibber McGee and, or, uh, uh, what's his name, Jordan? Something. Yep. Jordan. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Oh, you know what? what? They used to go into studios for no money at all yep. and just start talking. Talking, yeah. Hey, I, uh, I think we're going to get somebody you like on the show in November. Somebody I, I like it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm planning to give her a call. I'm planning to give Shirley Mitchell a call and have oh, her wow. to be on November the 13th. Yeah, she, when she does that Southern Bell, uh, bell on, uh, <laughs> on uh, Gildersleeve. Uh, what was her name on that program? Leela. Leela. Leela Ransom. Le yeah, Leela Ransom. Oh, you're so handsome. <laughs> That's the one. But I'm going to ask you. I'll give her a call and ask her to come on. I actually wrote her a letter at some, a fan letter.
letter, but I don't know if it ever reached her. It was through some some contact on the uh-huh. uh, internet, and uh, you know. Well, I think we ought to get her on that way. You can give her a call and talk to her. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I might be related to her too. You never know. Oh, that's right. I've never thought about that. From, My goodness. She's from Ohio. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. Yeah, pretty close. Well, I go way back. Uh, we did a, a kind of a modest family tree mm-hmm. to, uh, to uh, well, back a while. Well, listen, I don't want to keep you guys up all night. Why not? We're already up anyway. We need company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know I had to get up and answer the phone anyway. <laughs> Did I ever send you any You Bet Your Life shows? Um, I don't really recall seeing any of those. I don't think I don't have it on my list, but I'm not 100% on my list. I'm, I do my best to keep track of what I have sent out to people, and it's never 100%. Yeah. I don't recall seeing that. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll remind you of that down the road. You, Maybe we could fix that. You that bet was... your life. <laughs> Indeedy. Yeah. Sure, we can do that. You know, some of them programs were just so marvelous and why they just can't bring them back, you know, um, yeah. more often than they do. I bet you they'd create more audiences. You know, you tell people about Hopalong Cassidy mm-hmm. and... Uh, and the six shooter and Gene Autry and all these guys, and they wonder what you're talking about, these young people. Well, I think a good t- KNX for many, many years until they got new management. Their number one rated show, which is the KNX with the all new station, the big power station in LA, the big hour was 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock when they played the old radio shows, and it was number one in every age bracket. Wow. So it tells you old radio. It's still popular across the board medium. So what happened? New management. The, the guy retired and they, some fires broke out. And generally when they have natural disasters here, they generally, you know, cancel normal programming. And the uh, new general manager thought, well, I'm, I'm ready to make a change. He made a couple of changes and that was one of them. You know, some people who don't want to always go with success, they want to go ahead and make changes. He thought they needed more news, even though they had news 22 hours 22 hours out of the day anyway. Yeah, like we, uh, of course, we have uh, Chuck Shaden's mm-hmm. station here on Saturdays with yeah. a new um, host. Right, Real good, too. Uh, Steve Darnell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote him an email. I re-subscribed to his uh, magazine. I've got a, I go back with those magazines he has uh, about 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, but he does a real nice job. And then we have uh, a small station in the town that I live in now, just outside of Chicago, that gives a couple hours on uh, uh, in the morning on Wednesday, I believe. And then we catch another program at midnight for an hour. And I try to catch that one during the week, but I more often than not, I'm falling asleep while I'm trying to find it. But I... That, that would be a great idea if, uh, you know, we could have it in normal times and let the kids and, you know, all these 
Well, it would be, I think it'd be great listening for these young people, you know. Well, I think, I think there's always a potential of it. Just well, can you imagine programs like uh, Amos and Andy and Jim Jordan, all the guys mm -hmm. that we listened to, they had audiences of 40, 40 uh, million listeners. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that was incredible. Yep. You know, they're, 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 these people on TV now really brag if they have two million listeners. Oh, I wow, I got two million. Two million. Listening. That was nothing. I know. You know, so well. In any event, um, uh, thank goodness for uh, yesterday USA and uh, and you guys. You do an exceptional job, and I'm I'm, I'm just delighted to know you're there. So. You have a good rest of the night, guys, and uh, and uh, I'll listen for a little bit longer. I think I'm getting a spurt here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun talking to you. I'm so, I'm so glad that you called. We've been missing you. Yeah, I, I'm 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 here though. You know, you're... I don't know. We won't know that until you call and tell us. Well, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll okay, get some interviews and some Groucho out to you. Good girl. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. The later we go, the more calls we get. It just seems to work that way. 714-545-0318. So I guess me and Long... Nope, just... nope. Try, try that again. Oh, jeez. Well, that's, <laughs> that, number, that phone line's busy. 714 Two, oh, no, no, no. Seven one four. I guess I don't have to give it out. Seven one four five four five two zero oh, seven one. Hello there. You on hey, Walton. Patricia Bob Bro. Hello, Bob. How you doing? How you doing? Good. Yeah. You, you. You're right. It's. It's too late. All of a sudden, I look down. And, my goodness. It's. It's ten minutes to two. <laughs> <laughs> we get going. The, the audience wakes up about the time of the day, and we go for another three to four more hours when you're in bed, Bob. Well, you know, I work. <laughs> in the, no, out in the elementary. <laughs> right, I work, yeah. Saturday is, is one of my, my days on my old business. Oh, that's right. I didn't know that. I do yeah. physical labor on Saturday in the elements. And, and usually, like tonight, I came home, and I was just really, really worn out. And so I, I laid down for a while, and I probably slept for three hours. Well, you know what happens mm -hmm. when you do that. Oh, you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, yeah, I'm sitting here just, you know, going crazy, so... Oh, I'm glad Listen, you called. I had, I, had a, I made a couple notes here. You were you were giving uh, cow facts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know too much about cows. This is a problem here. I didn't realize that. Go ahead. Okay. Now this this is something very few people know. Did you know that bulls are not? They do not become agitated when when you wave a red flag at them. I knew that. You did? Uh-huh. They're colorblind. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Did you live on a farm, Patricia? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I know too much about cows. No, it's, it's well, the presence and the movement that gets them all worked up if they're going to get worked up at all. But, see, that's not really the case at all. Here's what it is. Cows, not bulls, cows get upset when you wave a red flag at them. The bulls get mad because you're mistaking them for cows. <laughs> I should have known. I should have known. All right. And so that's that's uh, so now you know <clears throat> now you know about I, that. Nothing like a cow bull story, yeah. I just I couldn't go to bed. And yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I mean, you're doing a Dr. Dale on me here. <laughs> Dr. Dale used to call me whoosh. Because <laughs> stuff would just go right by me. Whoosh, there she goes again. You know, we were talking about him the other night. The anniversary of, of us losing him is, is right about now, isn't yeah. it? This month, you're yeah. right. Yeah. It was in October, yeah. 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 And we it's, still miss him. So, no doubt about it. Yeah. Think about him a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do, yeah. Yep. He was a good friend and fun to be around, and it's just not the same. You know, you guys were talking about Jack Benny and how um, Johnny Carson borrowed a lot of his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Um, remember the show Frasier? Mm-hmm. With Kelsey Grammer? Mm-hmm. You know, which one? Emmy yeah. after, yeah. after Emmy after Emmy. Yeah. He, he said in an interview that he was doing an exact steal of Jack Benny. And I never really realized it until I read that. And then I realized it, it, when I watched it, it was true. Every, you know, he would do the double take when somebody would say something offensive and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stare at the camera and, and even put his, his elbow in his, in his palm of his hand, you know, like Benny used to do. It was amazing. Uh, it worked, you know. Jack Benny was just one of the funniest guys, um, funniest guys there was. Walden, you you've had interviews with. I mean, his daughter is, is this the same daughter that yep. used to do the show with you on yep. Sunday night, or still does? Or, yep, you know? Joan. Uh huh. Joan is still around. I I had her on Valentine's Day. She told me uh, I have. You know, Joan is very much alive, and um, we'll have her back on around fa- fa- Valentine time. She told her, hey, you know, so yeah, same one. Yeah. Same one. Jack Benny's birthday is Valentine's Day, uh, February 14th. So that that's is that right? significant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying it out loud for the audience, um, you know, because you're talking about Jack Benny on, on uh, <laughs> I keep trying to say Thanksgiving here, on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Jack Benny on Valentine's Day because he was a Valentine baby. How about, uh, what, February 14th? Yep. Is that Valentine's Day? Yeah. The last I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't really have a lot tonight. Well, I just, what's new with you, Bob? Everything plugged along? I mean, what? anything for your show the next fine. couple of weeks? What's going on with your show? Anything, anything new? I told that... a story about you in the show that's uh, oh, well, actually so I do for Jerry. Oh, good grief. So I was telling your, your Carlton Morris story uh-huh. about uh, having, it was at lunch with him. Yep, it was lunch. Right? Yep, it was lunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and about how your dad met him in the bar. Right. Yep. What, was that, was that at a, a regular radio convention? It was a regular one radio convention. It was a convention that they decided to honor Carlton Morris. And so he came down to Spurvac in 1985. Wow. And so I was, my mom and I were in the Phil Harris LFA panel. And my dad was in, in the bar watching a football game and uh, passed by and there was Carlton. So he invited my dad to come to the table and he said, why don't you have lunch with me? And I said, well, my son and wife will be coming out. And so, good, I'll take you all guys out to lunch. So we had a two-hour lunch with Carlton E. Morris. So, Did yeah. you pump him full of questions? Uh, he just told stories. I didn't have to say a really? thing. No, yeah. no prompting necessary? No, no, no. My favorite story that he told, he flew on the very first China Clipper. Wow. In 1937. Oh, my goodness. It took off from San Francisco, and it took six days to go to China. Six well, days? Six days, because they landed in Hawaii, they landed in Midway, they landed in these different islands. 
six days? Six days. You could have walked. I know. But they food, so you flew to China. Took six days to get there. Yeah. And then you want know, to get home and flew six days. Well, he was all excited, but you, he knew he was bogged down with the radio show. With San Francisco, everything was live. He was the director, writer, producer. And he hadn't had a vacation in several years. So he decided to work really hard and write ahead. Normally he would write the same week. Mm-hmm. You know, write his script and produce it the same week. The next week, write a new script. So he decided to work ahead and worked out two weeks. So when he got on the plane, started travel to China, he realized he only wrote for two weeks. That meant he had no time to spend in China. Yeah, he spent one day in China. He flew six days. Where did he fly to? He flew from from San Francisco. And flew six days to China, spent one day in China, flew home because he had to go home and write for his radio show. Oh, well. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, I mean, he was a very smart man. Couldn't he count to 14? (laughs) Yeah, I guess he... I don't mean that. I don't mean to be... You know, really fresh and, and mean about that, but my gosh, you plan a trip that takes you six days to get somewhere, and, and you forget that yeah. you only did two weeks of a show? I, I think when you stopped, I, I don't think it was just like for refueling. I think you, you spent the night. Yep, you spent the night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, Ken Follett, who is a I novelist heard. I really enjoy, but one of his very early books took place on one of those first clippers, except it wasn't the China clipper. It was it was from Europe to, they would go kind of the same thing. I, I think they made it all the way to Nova Scotia. And then they would go down into eventually into Boston or New York. But uh, it was pretty fascinating. It was, a, you know, a, a, a drama a mystery, but it, it gave you a lot of background of what it was those planes were like and uh, mm-hmm. actually a lot of them had bunks on them they kind of they were kind of made up like uh like trains where you know they'd have the uh the cabins would turn uh, portions of the cabin would turn into sleeping quarters that's interesting Walden, you and i is that i was talking with you about it right yeah kitty cowan she told me in the yeah. 50s when mid am i glad i remembered that yeah when in mid 50s she would fly to europe to perform at one and she would have her own sleeping compartment. Yeah. So they would yeah. do, they would do it that way, on a plane. The first the first commercial jet was the DC eight, and that was like and, and seven oh seven, and that was like nineteen fifty seven or mm-hmm. fifty eight, I think. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. You know, what you think about it? The time when Charlton was taking the China Clipper, air travel in the third was still a big deal. I mean, in other words. We were still making headline stories with uh, people going around the world or people trying to break speed records. It was still really big stuff. So I imagine when the China Clipper came out, it was a big story, you know. Well, when, when you think about what's happened in the last 50 years with communication, mm-hmm. um, just the, the, you know, the satellite just changed things so much that you can see things live all over the world. Right. But... But, but you can see why back in the 40s when you went into movie theaters to see a movie and they would show little 15-minute travelogues, mm-hmm. 
those would be big because, you know, you didn't get to see the Sphinx in, in Egypt. Or, you know, you might see a black and white photograph in a book. Yeah. But all of a sudden, that you have a movie on the, on the screen. You know, we take so much of that for granted these days. My, yeah. my, my, aunt, my great aunt and uncle, the one I was named after, um, they, did, they had a pharmacy in, back in the Midwest. But uh, what they were forced to do during the summer is take a month off and travel around the world. And for 1946-47, they were going in places that no white person ever been into, or go to Egypt, or go things like that. And, you know, for most people, that has been really stru- unusual to be able to do yeah. that kind of traveling right after the war, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, I can remember even as recently as, uh, I was in New York City when, uh, living there, when China when Nixon went to China and reopened, uh, you know, relations with China. Right, in 72, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, was it, it was like 71, wasn't it? Well, I think they started in 70 talking I, about it, and I think 72, I think they, I think the ping-pong diplomacy was in 71. Okay. I think. Well, I can, be well, right. I can remember the, the Commodore Hotel, which at that time used to be above Grand Central Station. It was... It was at Park Avenue and, and 42nd Street. But the, um, the hotel, we had some guests staying there. Anyway, I, I had reason to be in the hotel lobby this one week, and it was the same week that the Chinese delegation first went to the U.N., and they took over like seven floors of that hotel. Whoa! Or eight floors or something. And it was really something because back then, they all wore the Mao jackets. Oh, yes. And the women all had to have the short cropped hair. Uh huh. They all, you know, they all looked alike. Uh, I mean, that's what they were going for—the equality thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was really quite a fascinating thing to be there uh, and, and see that, you know, because you'd go in the lobby and it'd just be filled with Chinese people. I mean, I, I mean, of the delegation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was really fascinating. But but I was going to say I could remember even then there had been no Western. Reporters, no Western, uh, pretty much anything in China since, uh, you know, since Mao had taken over. And it was a big mystery. China was like a big mystery. Yeah. You know, here you have this huge, huge country, and nobody had even seen pictures inside of it. And and, uh, now, you know, people regularly travel there to to go on vacation. Kind of fascinating. Yeah. 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 Well, I told you how... Travel have changed the world landscape, and people can get to places a lot faster today. And it's changed the dynamics. Oh, it used to be jet aircraft. It used to be funny when I when I had this job with with Honda, where I did all this traveling, and it was all domestic traveling. But it would be funny because I'd be in the office in the morning, and all of a sudden be called out to have to go someplace, and and. Uh, that was just the nature of my work. I never knew when I was going to be leaving, you know. And so I'd kind of keep the suitcase packed in my car. Oh, and Well, no, I did. I mean, had, ba- had bag no uh, travel. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I'd go. Gosh, no wonder you've been everywhere. Yeah. I tease Bob about, you know, Bill Bragg will be saying something about a city, and Bob will say, oh, I was there. Mm-hmm. And somebody else will say something about a state, and he I lived there. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any place you haven't been. Well, in, in the three years, almost three years I was with that company, 
I was in, uh, I think, 47 states. <laughs> oh, it's still my heart. Yeah. And a lot of those towns that I went to weren't big cities. A lot of them were like Pratt, Kansas, and, and uh, you know, uh, Ogallala, Nebraska, and, and, and places like that. But sure. I would call on dealerships that were, were uh, well, I, w- I was in the finance department, so a lot of times there would be situations that had to be handled right away. But, but anyway, my point was I, I, I would be in the office, mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'd go catch a plane, and, I, and I'd, I'd get into Chicago a lot of times and be changing planes in Chicago, and I'd usually call back to the office to get an update. That was before cell phones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody rushed. <laughs> yeah, airports used to be filled with payphones, and you could never find an empty payphone. <laughs> and now, you know, it's just everybody's on their cell phones. But at any rate... I would call the office, and one of the girls would answer the phone, and, and she, I'd say, hey, uh, you know, June, this is Bob. And she'd go, Bob, where are you? <laughs> I, you know, I'd say, I, I'm in Chicago. And she Chicago? She says, I just saw you in your office a few minutes ago. I mean, you know, you could, if you have the money mm-hmm. and the ability, you can go. You know, distance is not a problem anymore. In the mid fifties, my friend Kitty was making really good money. Uh, the tax rate was 95%. Oh, I know. Uh, so what they would do, because they could write off of taxes, if they decided that they, and she was living in New York, if they decided to have dinner in Chicago, they would just go get a plane, take friends with them, and fly to Chicago, have dinner, and fly on home. Wow. Yeah. And they just wrote it all off. Way to go. Yeah. Carol, uh, Carol worked for TWA in their legal department the last, I guess, six months of their existence before mm-hmm. American bought them out. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons she wanted to go to work there was for the travel benefits. And uh, St. Louis was their hub, mm. you know, their domestic hub. And so they had flights from here all over the world, although they didn't go to as many places as these airlines go to today. But they went to Italy, they went to England, they went to, you know, United Kingdom. They, they went to, you know, several countries in Europe. And... Um, a lot of the people that she worked with, there was a flight to Milan, a nonstop flight from St. Louis to Milan every day, and a lot of them would, would uh, go to Milan for the weekend. Wow. You know, my, it didn't cost them anything. My uncle, my uh, dad brother, discovered most of the major oil fields in the Middle East. And so, you know, part of the deal with the oil company, they picked up things as expenses. So, because you're living in the... He, Your dad did what, Well, My dad's brother discovered a lot of the famous oil fields in the Middle East. He discovered them? Uh-huh. He was an oil geologist. Well, I guess. And so he, he was a known, well-known expert in that field. But he's the guy we have to blame. I think so. <laughs> and so, especially for Libya and all those countries. But part of the deal was he would live in the uh, Middle East during the weekdays, and then he would get fly to Europe on the weekends. You know, because well, that's how they did it back in, the, in those days. And uh, the company, when I worked for Honda, they had a they had a policy, and I don't that, that it's probably changed. I you know I've been in St. Louis for 25 years, but they had a policy that that uh, you could always come home for the weekend. And I can remember one time being in Hartford, Connecticut, and I couldn't get out Friday night, and so I took the earliest flight out Saturday morning. So I had breakfast in a hotel Saturday morning, and then I, I flew all the way home to, to, to Long Beach or L.A., mm-hmm. 
and then and then flew back on the red eye Sunday night to <laughs> Chicago and went had breakfast in that same hotel on Monday morning. You just told me just save the room for me. I'll be back in two days, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> but you know, it was either that or at least you get to see your wife. Oh yeah. For a day, and, you know. Well, actually, you had breakfast in New York. You could have had breakfast when you got to California. That's true. Hey, you see Honda May News this week, Bob? No. They are sponsoring the Rose Bowl Parade. Are they really? Yes. They always had a float in the parade. Yep, but now, yes. they're, now they're going to be the official sponsor of the parade. Walden says it's sacrilegious. What do you think? Well, it is strange, isn't it, that foreign co- company—I mean, foreign, foreign-owned companies and whatnot—would be all involved in that? Yeah. Yeah, but even just uh, you know how the Pasadena's are. I can't imagine Pasadena allowing anything like that. He thinks the advertising, you know, having a having a corporate sponsor of the Rose Parade is not a good thing. I guess it's a yeah. Good, unfortunately, that's non, a non-traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Fixed tradition. Yes, they would. They would underwrite it. Yeah. If you've never been, uh, Patricia, now I've never actually been to the parade, but we would go up every year. Uh-huh. Right after the the day of the parade, they put all the um, the floats in Victory Park, and you can go and see them. You, you lose the animation, but you know they'd all be there, and you could walk around them, and it was really it was really neat. But the whole Rose Parade thing is this is. Pasadena is sort of a, you know, hoity-toity community, <laughs> and all of the people, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, and, and, you know, I mean, they're nice people and all that, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of big homes and, and stately homes and, and a lot of uh, people that have been there for generations. Fact, it is a very big deal to work for the, you know, be designated as a, I don't know, a, a, a cogent or whatever it is for, yeah. for, for the Rose Parade because you walk around in a white jacket. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. You walk around in a white jacket and, and um, you know, they take that whole thing very, very seriously. And, of course, the, the Rose, Rose Bowl game that day and everything. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that is quite a parade. I still, when we watch it on New Year's Day here, I'll still get a little misty-eyed. You you're know, ready, remembering it. You're ready to come to California. Week for I, that I day. haven't been there in 10 years, but yeah. I am so ready. Some good friends of ours just came back for, for a week. And, uh, yeah. Well, now, Bob, all the places you've been, what place, what place you haven't been to that you want to see in the next few years? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I mean, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to travel internationally a lot. I, you know, I haven't done a lot of that. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, I've never really, uh, we, well, we've been in Central America, and I've never really left the Western Hemisphere, so I, I would love to do that. In the United States, there's a few places I haven't been to that I would like to see. I would like to see uh, Glacier Park. I've never been up there. Mm-hmm. I've been close to it, but, um, mm-hmm. um, boy. You know, sometimes, too, you, you, you'd have, like, I remember one time I was in Riverton, Wyoming, Mm-hmm. And this is this is a little town. If you look it up, it's in the middle of Wyoming, and it's actually on a on an Indian reservation. The town is literally on an Indian reservation, and it was kind of a strange experience. But I got there, and uh, you know, I went in and saw my customer, and the customer in our cases were the dealers, and and there was. 
some negotiations had to take place, and there were some attorneys involved. So all of a sudden, I had like two days to kill, you know. Mm -hmm. And here you are in Riverton, Wyoming. I had to wait. You know, I wasn't going to leave and go someplace. Mm -hmm. So I, I just literally had like two days. And so I thought, well, I'm like 150 miles from Yellowstone. I, I have never been to Yellowstone. And um, so I thought, I'm going to drive up to Yellowstone. Well, then I get a call from the office saying, hey, something might be popping someplace and you got to stay near the phone. And that was before cell phones and whatnot. And you may have to leave there real quick. So I ended up spending the two days in, in a Holiday Inn motel room, you know, watching oh, no. Prices Right or something, you know. But, I mean, that type of thing happened a lot. One time I was in Utica, New York, which is your old, kind of your old stopping ground, Patricia. And I was within, you know, what's that, 50 miles or so of Cooperstown. And I would have loved to have gone and seen the Baseball Hall of Fame. No time. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the time. Oh, what a shame. Happened a lot, yeah. Yeah. F I mean, you know, that's, you, you're there because you're working, and, and unless you unless you take personal time, usually you just don't have it. Yeah. So. Wow. Oh, I'm so disappointed you spent all that time in hotel rooms or motel rooms, and you could have been somewhere enjoying it. Oh, well, wow. I did. I did what I could, but but yeah. how many times you were just tired, and a lot of times I'd fly all night, so I'd I'd be working in the morning. By the time I get done, you know, I'd be I'd be wiped out. And a lot of times you'd have. I can remember one time I was in Laredo, Texas, and it was like ninety ninety six degrees or something like that. It was probably in January, and you know Laredo gets pretty pretty warm. And I had packed to go to Laredo. And I was thought I was done. I was going home, and the office called me, and they, they said, we have a problem in Minot, North Dakota. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> what, what time of the year was this? It was like, it was wintertime. <laughs> and I, I, ironically, when I got to Minot, the temperature was like in the high 30s or, or low 40s, which was Oh, my gosh. It never that yeah, way. Yeah, it was unbelievable, because usually I had to, and I, I've been up in, in uh, you know, Fargo and Grand Forks, North, North Dakota, and, and they're beautiful country. Beautiful country in, in the spring or, or autumn, you know, but boy, in the winter, you just... Oh, the winters are brutal. Ah. Yeah. I've been in Minneapolis in, uh, oh, I think it was May when we got like 12 inches of snow, and then the next day it was gone. It was just gone. You know, it just mm -hmm. melted that fast. But, I mean, it just, I remember getting off the plane and just snowing, snowing, snowing like crazy, and, Never liked you know, that. Being from California, the, I never liked to drive. I still don't like to drive in the snow. Well, I, I would I would question you if you said, gosh, I love to drive in the snow. I'd say, you come over here and talk to me for a little bit. Walden, do you remember the Johnny Cash song, I've Been Everywhere, Man? Uh-huh, I sure do. That's Bob. Hey, Bob. Oh, dear me. They made that song just for you, Bob. Well, those are, you know, it's, it's interesting. It, 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 you can't do that for long. You know, I did it probably for too long, and it and it, it took a toll because, yeah. you know, you're just alone too much. Mm -hmm. Just alone too much, and and um, what happens is is while you're gone, your your wife, in my case, Carol, is raising the kids and whatnot. And after a while, it's almost an intrusion if you come home for a day. Now, fortunately, there was times when I'd be home all week. But you just didn't know, you know. I might even be home two weeks in a row, you know, but, but then all of a sudden you, but then other times, a lot of times I would get back, I would get, in fact, I've done this many times. I would be in, in Denver airport, because uh, I flew United a lot, 
and I would make a connection going back to L.A. and Denver. So let's say at, at noontime I'm in Denver, and I just get back to the office, and I turn around and have to go back out again, and I would I would be back in Denver Airport at 8 o'clock that night. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. I mean, that kind of stuff just, just uh, you know. Did you feel like you were always in jet lag? Yeah, but you know there was there was nice things about it. There was exciting things mm-hmm. about it, I, and and that was when they first came out with frequent flyer miles. Mm-hmm. So I used to send. We had uh, well, United Airlines told me I was in the top two percent of their frequent flyers, <laughs> and so you know they gave me a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but still, it's it's small consolation for you know for that. But, I'm going to take a right turn here, Bob. With that kind of a schedule, and an all-consuming lifestyle, primarily because of your business life. How did you find and get interested in old-time radio? Oh, I don't know. I guess I, I, I think I had always been just kind of like what you were talking about um, with Ray, that, that um, even when I was a kid, I remember listening to uh, different stations in L.A. KFI would play old-time radio shows uh, late at night, I remember they used to play on, I think it was, I don't remember if it was every night or, or one night a week, but they used to play Harry Lyme. Okay. And I would just, I would lay in bed and listen to that and just think, oh, this is, this is great. You know, it, to, to me, still, the, the, the imagination, you know, using your imagination is just... Uh, so anyway, I just always had a love of it. And then, and I, you know, when the Internet first came out, I, I literally started looking up full-time radio. And that's how I discovered Yesterday USA. And I used to listen to it in the office a lot, you know, in my office. I mean, I would, uh, you know, just either have an earphone or, or just play it, you know, while I was working. And, and uh, so, you yeah, know, I just, and then later, I guess, when I got more active in it and then started to become a DJ is when I really started collecting shows. I never really thought much about doing that. But I didn't realize how available they were. It used to be, you know, the only way you could get them was through something, someplace like Radio Spirits, and it was expensive. But when MP3 came out, well, then that just changed everything. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, you know, like we've talked about, now my big thing is I'd love to hear really high sound quality. It just is so exciting to me to, to hear it like it really was, you know, not that, so it doesn't sound like something that, you're listening to over the years, but to think that, you know, you, this is the way it actually sounded. Exciting. You guys were talking about uh, Groucho Marx. I mean, I can remember him on television. My dad used to be a huge Groucho Marx fan, and we would laugh and laugh at night with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah, uh, great show. I remember one time Doodles Weaver was the guest on there. Remember mm. Doodles? Yeah. Weaver? With Spike Jones and everything. With, with Spike Jones, and all of a sudden he was a guest on that show. And I remember this when I was a kid because it always stood out. And and Groucho started questioning me. He says, well, what are you doing now? And he says, well, I really, I haven't worked in a couple of years. Mm. And Groucho revived his career. He started get, getting dates to do things yeah. after that. And People may have, if you ever heard, audience, the Spike Jones great record on Beatle Bomb. That, that Beetle Bomb, that, yeah. That Doodle Weaver doing the narration of that whole that whole horse race. Yeah. 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 Listen, I'm I'm taking up too much time. I better better get off here, go to bed, and let you talk to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> We're sending everybody to bed tonight. 
seriously, we're here when they wake up. How much? How much longer do you guys go? We have been known to go to six o'clock in the morning. Eastern time. So that's I another. Uh, you know, it's three more hours or so. Oh, two and a half hours. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It helps.